0: Four Guys in a Comic. Grab your sidekick underoos and welcome the super team, Red, Rusty, Tappan Nova. Now get
1: ready for some Empire City action and welcome special guest Vito Del Sante.
2: Welcome everyone to Four Guys in a Comic. You guys know how much we love indie comics, uh, whether it's Image, you know, any of the publishers out there, but we also love supporting people who are starting Kickstarters or just, you know, publishing books that aren't published by uh, a usual comic publisher. And today, we've got a very special guest. Uh, welcome, Vito Del Sante, to our podcast our little show.
1: Yay! Welcome, Vito. Woo!
0: Welcome. Hey, what's up,
1: Vito? Hi.
0: Now, uh, why, why don't you? To... I'll give you. Uh, sometimes I like to give the hey, <laughs>
1: hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I guarantee uh,
2: everyone listening said it back.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you
3: got two snaps. <laughs>
2: So now Vito, why don't you let the uh, good people out there know what you're working on um what you've done stuff like that
0: um what I've done um I've been a writer for about ten years uh, I've worked usually like the, the bulk of my career was in backups or um villain issues or you know anthologies uh, <clears throat> so I did a lot of um scooby doo uh there was a recent IDW put out a recent uh, Cartoon Network All-Stars, which was actually published by DC way back. And there's a Johnny Bravo story in there that I did. I wrote a Scooby-Doo musical that oh, uh, awesome. appeared in a, a Scooby-Doo uh, issue. Um, I worked on uh, the first thing I ever did with those Batman adventures uh, during the Dan slot Ty Templeton run, mm-hmm. which everyone you know, seemed to love it. It kind of, got Dan on the map, you know, like after that, he did a uh, Batman Arkham Asylum book, or uh, I forget what it was called, Arkham Asylum, Living Hell, or something like that, Yeah. and um, so before that, though, he did uh, Batman Adventures, and I ended up doing a backup with Dean Haspiel in that, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the first thing I ever, the first thing I ever wrote was Batman, which is insane. Um, That's a cool way to start. Yeah, yeah, Um, so yes, from there. I've uh, floundered in obscurity, <laughs> and you know, like you, get, you know, did a bunch of anthologies here and there. Did Pop Gun, Volume Four, um, mm-hmm. a bunch of things. The biggest thing I've, I've done to date was Superman Six Seventy Six, which was an issue that took place between Kurt Busick's run and James Robinson's run. So I mean, or right there, I'm, you know, like two of the greats, you know, and some Italian dude from Staten Island, New York, got in between them. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I was gonna say you've been across every board. I mean, you did. I think you did X Men and Marvel, and you've done Superman. Yeah. You've done uh, Batman. I mean, and then you've done, I guess, Savage Dragon too. Yeah. So you've hit like every publisher along yeah, the way. Red- You're a well-ventured Red- man.
0: Red Sonya, I did for Dynamite uh, and Savage Tales. Um, the only thing I haven't, the only company I haven't worked for right now is Dark Horse, and I'm working on it. Oh, but, awesome. um, <clears throat> but yeah, the majors. I, I've covered the majors that's for sure. And like, um, the thing that I'm probably most well known for right now is, um, stray, which yeah. I kickstarted uh, in 2014. And then, uh, we published in 2015. Yeah. In 2015, we, we published it through action lab entertainment, um, for issues, uh, was pretty well received by a lot of people. And then, um, we just finished doing we't well, we just finished doing it, but uh the, earlier this year we had say April may no, May, May and June of this year, we published the first ever creator-owned shared universe. <laughs> it's a big title. your first, uh, first ever creator-owned shared universe weekly miniseries superhero miniseries called Actionverse," which I was the editor of and one of the creators behind. Um, with stray Molly Danger by Jamal Igel uh, Midnight Tiger by Ray Anthony Hyde, uh Virtue from Fracture by Chad Ciccone and Sean Gabron, and The First Hero from Anthony Rokhaser. So that was uh that was a lot of fun. <clears throat>
2: Sounds like fun.
0: It had its own headaches, but it had nothing to do with anybody I worked with, you know, like it was it was a lot of learning on the job. Like it was the first, not the first editing position I've ever had, but the first kind of project coordinating kind of thing I've ever done in comics. It was, it was, it was a lot of learning.
4: And then right now, you, you recently just redid a Kickstarter uh, for, uh, I guess you could say, Volume Two of Stray. Correct?
0: Yeah, I just started it yesterday. Um, You're already at
4: thirty-two hundred dollars.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. huge! Uh,
4: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Right, right, the thank you guys. The goal is five thousand. Mm-hmm. So we're at actually, I think the last time we took we're at thirty six something. Oh,
2: it's jumped up! Oh, wow. Yeah, Very
0: good. we have we have one hundred and two backers, which is great. Um, so like we we've got pretty good positive momentum. I mean, um, we're obviously going to fund it. It's just how much are we going to overfund? You know, and, and I shouldn't say obviously because you know there's never any absolutes in this. You know, there's nothing guaranteed. You know, but the momentum looks good, and you know the weekend is going to be tough. You know, we'll see. You know, how many people are around this weekend? How many people got paid this Friday? I guess. Yeah. You know, like, uh, even though it doesn't take, come out until the end of the month, you know, you never know.
4: Yeah, no, you, uh, I saw that and I was like, that's really impressive, you know, because you have a month basically, uh, to, to come up with the money and you've already well over half, I mean, you're 75% of the way there in less than two days. So, yeah, uh, yeah. congratulations. That's huge.
1: Um,
4: also you, you let us, uh, review, uh, the full trade paperback of, uh, the first volume of stray and, Mm -hmm. uh, we sent that to us, I believe it was yesterday. I didn't have a chance to read it all, but I am about three-fourths of the way through. I think I've read, like, three of the four issues. And I really, really enjoy it. Uh, I wasn't sure what to think about so it, I didn't know a whole lot about it or what it was about. And so I just kind of went into it with a, you know, blind eye. And it was it's fantastic. Uh, the, Thank you. The art is amazing. I love the art in it. Um, I was just
1: gonna yeah. say that's something that pulled me in right away when I started looking through it. I was yeah. like, "Wow, the art in this is really
0: tight." The art's done by Sean Isaacs, who's uh, based out of South Africa. Um, I met him on DeviantArt, of all places, oh, and cool. uh, yeah. we just bonded over a love of Aquaman and Nightwing. So I, um, <laughs> we, that awesome. we were planning we were planning on doing a uh, a miniseries called Aquarian Seven. Which was basically a Justice League. Imagine a Justice League where it's made up of nothing but Aquaman, you know. So it's like seven people with aquatic-based powers and stuff. Oh, yeah. you know, so, so we were we were developing that, and then um, I was developing straight on the opposite side. And he was a, he was a fan of it. Um, I didn't realize, you know. He had said many years later um, that he was always trying to figure out how to get his love of dogs into a comic book. And I, here I was with the concept already. You know, so he just, you know, when we, we had to kind of move on from the first artist that we had and Sean really just took it by the, took the bull by the horns and just ran with it, redesigned every character, you know, and he's, he changed the story too. Like the story was uh, supposed to take place in like 89, but now it takes place in like, you know, the present, you know, like it could be yesterday. It could be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, And and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Simon Goff and uh, Cross Camel, who colored the book. They really made it like it's a stunning looking book, you know, and and that's by no means, you know, just Sean's, you know, Sean's uh, doing. It's both of them uh, coloring the book and making it look like a professional book, I guess, you know, like, like, you know, it, it doesn't look like a typical Kickstarter book, you know, in that sense. Yep. Like it looks like it looks like something that Marvel, DC, Image, something that the pros put out. And you know that's the way we're pros. You know, like and that's the that's the point of doing it. You know, it's just to make sure that people know that there are people like us out there. You
1: know?
4: Yeah, it was fantastic, and the story is is really killer too. Um, like I said, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Uh, at first, I just thought it was like a dog superhero type thing. I realized that you know that it's actually a person with the name you know Rottweiler and. And uh, Doberman and whatnot, but it's it's really it's really good. I'm um, I'm enjoying it immensely. I'm actually probably going to finish reading it as soon as we get off this call. But um, uh, no, I'm enjoying it a lot, and I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to volume
3: two. Those are the people out there who have not read it yet, maybe a little bit about uh, what the story's about first. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, the world's greatest. I don't want to call him the world's greatest detective because that would get, be be uh, playing into somebody else's hands. But um, <clears throat> one of the world's greatest heroes, the Doberman, um, is killed uh, by an unseen assailant, and um, his former sidekick, the Rottweiler, has basically retired. You know, for five years, stopped being a sidekick, stopped you know fighting crime for five years, and it. He basically gave up on being a superhero, you know, gave up on the whole thing. Um, And you find out why in issue four, so I'm not going to spoil that for you. But but yeah, he he gave up and, you know, he's been gone and he's been kind of selling drugs and promoting parties, you know, since then, you know, like kind of on his own. And when he finds out that the Doberman is dead, he decides that he's going to come back and try to solve his murder because the Doberman is his father. And what follows then is, you know, it's about a guy who's trying to figure out who he wants to be and how he's going to be that person. So I tell everybody it's about identity and it's about choices. Um, it's semi-autobiographical based uh, partially on how I dealt with my father's death. Um, obviously, I'm not a superhero, so that, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but, yeah, you know, like my dad died when I was 15 and um, I did you know, get involved in drugs and stuff, you know, and it was, um, it was a very dark time. So I took that and I turned it into a comic book, basically.
1: Now, I was going to say, even reading, like, on your Kickstarter, the preview pages and everything, just from that little bit of information, uh, it, I could feel a connection with the character already. And it was someone that seemed relatable. Very relatable. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, I mean, there's a lot of things that are, What's funny is, like, you know, you guys were like, you know, not to pull the curtain back too much, but before we started, you go, you know, this is, you know, we just kind of talk and we're conversational. And I write in a very conversational tone. Like, I write in my own voice, basically. Mm-hmm. And everyone sounds, not, not everyone sounds like me, you know, not everyone, um, not even the main characters sound like me sometimes. But um, I have a really good ear for dialogue. So I feel like whenever someone speaks, speaking they're speaking with like a real voice you know and i think that helps in you know establishing who the character is the world when you open up i hope you know and you guys will be able to say this better than i could but when you open up the pages of the first issue and you start reading it the world feels lived in you know like it feels like a uh, familiar you know like and that's also kind of by design because you know we know that we're dealing with archetypes and um and uh, established character type of uh, models. Like, you know, we open up and we see a Batman character. And, you know, obviously the Rottweiler is a Robin character. So what comes next is the, the Justice League-type team, you know, and, like, they look all familiar. And that's so that when the reader jumps in for the first time, they can't say they don't know who these characters are. They can feel who they, who they are. They might not know their names. They might not know... um their particular motivations but you know they feel like oh that's dick grayson you know even though it's rodney weller you know like that that i know who that guy is i know exactly what the choices he's going to make are and but then you don't so we we kind of pull all that out from underneath you and kind of make you live this world with them you know
1: see now that's something that i was going to say too even <clears throat> in one of the panels when i first started reading it i kind of got i i hope this does a I, I hope it wouldn't offend you but i, I kind of got like a peter parker vibe at first and okay. then, um, as it went on, I saw the panel where he's holding the uh, guy, I guess, from falling. And mm-hmm. he's like, uh, Roddy. And he's like, don't call me Roddy. And he's like, okay, Roddy. And then he, like, drops him. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this guy isn't really like a Peter Parker character. Never mind. <laughs> yeah.
0: The He, uh, he hates being called Roddy. Yeah. Yeah.
4: The thing I was going to say, too, kind of going back to what Rusty just said about the Peter Parker is, uh, in volume one, um, when I was first starting reading it, i I thought that that was this that that was the Rottweiler character, like but the, the, when they're talking about the party promoting scenes and things like that um but then all of a sudden like you see him selling drugs and I'm like no 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 that that's not him and then you kind of see like the bouncing around and, stuff, and I'm like, okay, what is going on here but then like you have some really awesome flashback <laughs> scenes and uh the thing that I loved about the flashback scenes is kind of where really the whole Peter Parker thing comes in is when he was young uh you know he's what, 14, 15-ish um, at that time. He was
0: even younger than that. Like, he started, his training started at 8.
4: Oh, wow. He, um... okay. Yeah. And uh, there's the part where there's the tons of puns um, where they do a flashback as the Rottweiler, mm-hmm. and he's fighting all the guys, and there's just pun after pun after pun. And that's where I also got the Peter Parker vibe. Um was more so when he was younger, uh, not so much yeah. in the current world. But I was just, I, honestly, I was laughing out loud at some of these puns, and I'm just like, this is wonderful. Like, I just, <laughs> it was awesome. The writing, like you said, is, it felt very real. It felt um, like you could relate and hear their voices. So it was Yeah, definitely. Awesome.
0: Thanks, man. Uh, you know, like, there's uh, those puns, you know, are, are basically like somebody had said, like, the second issue bat, flashback, you know, when he saves the Doberman, um, and he fights off the uh, the school of crime, basically. I don't, I don't know that I ever named them anything, but I'll just call him that for now. But um, it felt like Batman '66, you know, like in, in in feel, you know. And I was like, that's kind of a compliment, I guess. You know, like it's not, it's totally not that year. It's it's like ten years ago or whatever it was, you know. Like, uh, so it, it's it's a fun, it, the thing is, it's fun, you know. Like, and that's the whole point is that we we just wanted to make those flashbacks seem fun because when you come into the present, you see that his life is not fun at all. You know, like it's, it's a very, it, it, you know, he, he grew up, you know, and like the world grew up with him, you know, like the world grew up around him and things changed, you know, things uh, got worse in some respects, you know, like um, <clears throat> him being a psych not being a sidekick for five years might have impacted the world. I'm not going to say it didn't, I'm not going to say it did. But yeah, it might have impacted the world around him and and what became of what what the world could have been
2: Now it's it's pretty clear uh, Well, at least for me you guys are saying Peter Parker. I it was Dick Grayson through and through for me Um, You also mentioned you know Nightwing before so clearly there's Mm -hmm. this is sort of a love letter to the character Absolutely Um, Would you say he's you know a character that you've always been you know like a favorite character one that's always inspired you in some way or? Who Dick Grayson? Yeah,
0: Oh, my, my goodness, yeah. When I was a kid, um, I, I, I was born in 73. So I grew up really in the late 70s and the early 80s. And in New York, um, Channel 11, which is the CW channel now, but Channel 11 back then, um, would play the Batman 66 show right as soon as I got home from school. So mm-hmm. I would just come home straight from school, turn on Channel 11, Batman was on. And then, you know, whatever uh, cartoons came on after that. But I was always watching Batman. I thought my dad was Batman because he wasn't around a lot growing up. And I figured, oh, he must be fighting crime. I got to get ready to be Robin. You know, (laughs) that kind of... (laughs) And so, you know, and like... You didn't have the spandex now, did you? (laughs) My grandmother did make me... She was a seamstress. She made me an amazing Robin costume when I was a kid. And I wish to God I still had it, you know, for my son. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I lived being batman and robin with my dad you know so like and and i'll give you a better anecdote um my mom and i were driving around one time i think she had just picked me up from seeing my father at my grandparents house and so we were driving back and we went along this road that was kind of off the main road that went along the water and we could see the verrazano bridge and uh, I just remember distinctly being in the passenger seat because you could put kids in the passenger seat back then um, instead of, like, in the back in a in a car seat. But, like, I was in the passenger seat, and we're driving, and my mom says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I go, Superman. And she didn't want to hurt my feelings. She didn't want to, like, you know, break my, my heart or anything. But she was like, honey, you can't fly. You can't be Superman. And I said without hesitation immediately, I said, all right, I'll be Batman. <laughs> so so yeah was this so, around the
3: time was this around the time that the Superman the movie came out
0: <laughs> uh, probably probably not, probably not too far after yeah like it, I would say like 79 maybe yeah maybe. And, you know so yeah it, w- it would have been round about that time if not like the second Superman movie but yeah, yeah like uh, you know Christopher Reeve you mm-hmm. know what can you say but like I um I was very cognizant of comics you know that young you know, yeah. like su- super friends, you know everything mm-hmm. so so yeah, and and Robin was just you know, Robin was created specifically for little boys and little kids really to relate to, you know, like you know we can't we can't be Batman because we're not old enough, but we can be Batman's best friend, you know, was the whole point of Robin's creation, and Bucky, by extension, and Toro and all the other sidekicks the whole reason for the sidekick was we can be the hero's best friend, you know, and so I always wanted to be the hero's best friend, I guess. I, I'm more attracted, I guess, you know, like, or like my, my stories are, are more geared towards supporting characters anyway. So I've always loved, you know, like the side characters or the sidekick, you know, or, you know, Lois Lane you know like who's not a, she's not really a sidekick but she is a sidekick in a sense you know like i've always liked those characters cuz they seem to inform everything we wanted to know about the hero and with stray you know it's just again going back to nightwing it's all right now the, the sidekick has grown up who is who is he who is he what does he want to be what does uh, what are his choices does he want to be the doberman you know, does he want to be the Rottweiler? And ultimately, the the answer is, without really spoiling anything, the answer is, he wants to be his own man. You know, he wants to not go the same path. That's the whole point of the name. Like, the, the name is, he strays. You know, he strays from the path. So he is a stray in more than one way.
1: No, definitely. Like, just re- even reading through the, uh, like I said, through the preview pages, you could tell I, I put the name together pretty well with uh, the with the stray thing. And, um... But- but yeah, Nova. What were you gonna say?
2: Well, I was just gonna ask. Um, you know, you you mentioned that whole Justice League esque team. You know, you've got like the sparta female character akin to Wonder Woman. Is there mm-hmm. any chance that in the future you'll move on from Rottweiler? Maybe we'll get some, you know, older stories of this uh, of this team or some of the individual characters on there.
0: Well, the next volume, Australia, the the ongoing begins with a flashback. Um, it's all flashback basically it's called the rottweiler years and so if we're going to do the rottweiler years what we're going to see is we're going to see the formation of the teen team that he ends up you know creating called uh teen Aegis. you know so yeah we're going to see we're going to see more of the the ages uh mentor characters we're going to see the teenagers you know like fully and i have every hope um, I, I can't say that I have every intention because there are stories I don't want to tell first, but I really want there to be interest. I want to, I hope that there's interest in the Titan and in Sparta and in, uh, the theory. A lot of people love the theory for some reason. Um, he, he's a lot of fun. Um, but I hope that there's interest in those characters so that we can maybe spin them off, uh, do one shots. You know, I know Sean wants to do one shots for Sparta immediately, you know, and, um, uh, we have a couple of creators that we've contacted saying, "Look, if we can pay you to do a one shot you know of this character, you know not only are we going to you know you know put it out if we can, but um we're we're open to talking partial ownership, so that way you know you feel like you've created something and you know you can you know keep working on this and stuff
3: you know oh, very nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like people need my creations to become a creator and stuff. But when you, when you deal with a character that is largely undeveloped, you want to, at least we want to, kind of make it so that the person that works on it has an investment in that character to flesh them out even more than we could, you know, even at this point.
4: Very cool. So for volume one, for those that want to go back and you know, they they're not as lucky as us to to have the file. Um, where can they get it? Do you have it on Comixology? Uh oh yeah. Is it in like any of the major bookstores?
0: It's I mean it's still available from Diamond, so your books your comic book store can order it. Okay. Um it's at Amazon, it's on Barnes dot com. Um it is on Comixology, it's also on Comic Blitz. You know, I think the, ah, okay. I think the okay. individual individual issues are on Comic Blitz, um, and from what I understand, if you sign up with Comixology Unlimited, you can read the first issue for free.
3: Oh, very cool! Very cool. And that's a or, good time for everybody out there listening to go ahead and uh, talk to your shop and uh, request a volume two to be added to your pull box. That's true.
4: Now, for Volume 2, is that going to be also through Action Lab, or do you guys not oh, yeah. know yet? Oh, okay, it is going to remain oh, through no, no, Action no. Lab?
0: Yeah, the, like the, the idea is that, you know, it's funny because people are like, hey, is it still at Action Lab because you're doing a Kickstarter? Um, if you read the Kickstarter, it does say that Action Lab is involved. You know, like, they're a you know, part of the people that are um, involved in the, even though it's not an Action Lab Kickstarter, it's my Kickstarter, they are involved heavily in it. Um, they're the ones printing the books, they're the ones doing the fulfillment. So, yeah, they they have to be involved. But, yeah, like, the, the, um, the book doesn't have a schedule yet. You know, we want to, you know, raise this money to start working on the book. You know, the first three issues are already written. Uh, fourth issue is being worked on. The fifth issue is being worked on. So, you know, we are ready to go. Um, Sean has already started layouts, as you can see on the Kickstarter page. Um, so it's not... Um, We just, you know, we can't work for free. You know, like, like it'd be nice, but we can't. If if comics were so lucrative in terms of sales for the indie books, you know, like, if they were so lucrative that we would just make the money on just selling the comics, that'd be great. And we could probably not require page rates or anything like that, but uh, that's the world we live in, man. You know, we all have rents to pay and we all want to eat. Oh, I was going to say, like, so the Kickstarter is basically to raise production funds to start working on the book. We're hoping, hoping to have the first issue out by December. You know, like, it might end up being January, February, something like that.
2: I also noticed you do consulting for, uh, (laughs) I guess, writers trying to get into the comic book medium.
0: I could. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, like I it's here's the thing. I, I I'm very weirded out by the idea that I'm somebody that has any kind of mentorship or, you know, any kind of knowledge to offer someone else. You know, because I feel like I'm still learning every day. You know but I I have a couple of things I could tell you about how to put a script together. I again like I edited the Actionverse miniseries. So I I, I can I can shepherd anybody's project, you know, like, and especially if it's not mine, like goodness, like I can tell you, I can tell you how to put together a book and, you know, uh, how to tell a story even, or not even how to tell a story, but you know, as simple as why the story doesn't work this way. If you would work a lot better this way. you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know that that makes me an expert or anything like that. I, I would never go so far as to say that, but, um, I can help people, you know, like, I'd love to, I'd love to help people, you know, I, I read people's scripts for free, you know, all the time, so, I mean, why not, uh, why not try to put it up there? I can't believe two people took that award. Well,
2: nice, looks like you have to uh, prep yourself do some Batman work. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, Vito, I understand you have some other work coming down the road with uh, Dean Haspel, is that correct?
0: Yeah, um, July 27th, to be exact, so... In less than three weeks, um, we're going to launch the next book in the New Brooklyn universe on Line Webtoon. Um, for those that aren't uh, familiar, Line Webtoon is a free app that you can download and um, you can read books. Uh, more, uh, I heard the description the other day, and I, and I think it's pretty apt. Um, it, you read comics in the same way that you look at your Twitter feed. So you scroll up and down instead of left to right. <clears throat> and so it's more geared towards today's kind of mobile audience and stuff. So, um, so yeah, this Line Webtoon, uh, it's a free app on iOS and Android and uh, all the other stores, Google Play and stuff. So if you download it, and you should, and if you read The Red Hook by Dean Haspiel, which you should, um you'll understand that red hook is about a super thief that becomes a super superhero um and it's you know uh, it's totally the weirdest jack kirby book you've ever you've never read i should say um dean does that one and you know brooklyn itself um, is an entity in this in this world and so that's what the purple heart deals with the hurt purple heart deals with um a navy veteran who just came back from war he's wounded He's got PTSD, and he is trying to just as simple as this. He's just trying to put his head down on a pillow and just go to sleep, you know. So he wants to go home, and unfortunately, Brooklyn has other plans for him. So that's uh, that's probably the best way to sell it. Um, But the better way to sell it is the artwork is by um, an artist from Portugal by the name of Ricardo Venancio, who you you guys probably you haven't heard of. Um, he's an amazing artist. He's, he's incredible. We've worked together on a couple of things in the past. And he is basically the child of Katsuhiro Tomo and Paul Pope. You know, Just the most amazing artwork you've, you've never seen.
3: Hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that one, too.
0: Yeah, yeah I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's funny is I have five pages to have the to letter tonight. But, uh, but yeah, uh, he's incredible. The book is incredible. I just reread the entire story uh, last week and I was just kind of shocked at how, I don't want to say how good I am, but how good it is, you know, because uh, I didn't write it alone. Dean, you know, kind of uh, acted as a, as an editor in a sense. You know where I would go hey, what about if we did this and he would say hey try this and stuff I did the actual physical work of writing it, but Dean is as much a writing artist.
1: if you could work with anyone dead or alive Be the artist to your writing who would it be? That's tough. That is tough. I mean
0: because I work with all the guys I want to work with you know number one um, I got to work with Jamal Igel this year. I got the letter over you know his Molly danger issue in action verse so, and, and Jamal's been a friend of mine for years and I got to work with Ray Anthony height, you know, like I got to write his script or uh, the Actionverse verse stuff. So, I mean, these are guys that are my friends, but you know, like I've wanted to work with them and, and more often than not when people ask me, who do you want to work with? It's probably a friend of mine that I haven't worked with yet. Um, uh, Mike Norton is a good one. Uh, Evan, Evan Shaner, who's on future quest is another, is another friend of mine that I would love to work with at some point. Um dead or alive though. I mean like you you George Perez, Phil Jimenez, um uh geez I can keep naming Jimmy. George Lee. Perez is a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna, you know, work with somebody you know if you if you have your choice to work with anybody, like yeah, pick the masters. Cliff Chang. Um I really love uh Paul Smith, who had a uh, run on X Men in the '80s. Did uh, the Golden Age with James Robinson. He's an amazing artist, beautiful, beautiful artist. Yeah, uh, Scott McDaniel, who drew Nightwing. I'd love to work with him. But, but you know, but just as much as I'd like to work with those guys, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, dead uh, dead artists, Jack Kirby, Alex Toth, you know, you know, all those. people. But as much as I'd like to work with those guys, I still want to work with Dean, and I still want to work with Sean, and I still want to work with Ricardo and Chris Cross, and um, uh, all the people that I'm working with at Action Lab on, Action Lab Dog of Wonder. You know, like, I still want to work with the people that I work with, and, and I think that says as much about them as it does you know, the projects that we work on. You know? like, I'm excited to get artwork in, in my email. You know, I'm excited to get a Dropbox Invite for for artwork that you know, (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: whatever it takes, you know. But like you know, whenever I sit down and I'm working, and Sean sent me those layoffs last week, and I literally had goosebumps the entire time while lettering them because here we are again, just like a like my favorite T-shirt, you know, like and we're going back to school, you know, that kind of thing, you know. It it just the familiarity and the Craftsmanship that we both brought to the first miniseries, you know, and we worked on the Actionverse issue too. Like I lettered over um, his artwork in that, and he wrote that issue. though. So, you know, this is the first time like I'm I'm seeing my script being brought to life by Sean in a while. So it's um it's always exciting, you know. So I I'll, I'll take the guys that I work with now, um, Mike, Evan, uh, you know, those guys. I'll, I'll take uh, Phil Jimenez. Cliff Chang, Paul Smith, you know, I'll take those guys, you know, sure, but like, um, give me more Sean Isaacs. Very cool. Very cool. So, so corny. So corny, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Not nah, at all. Nah, that nah, speaks nah. volumes oh, about dude, the
4: people you, that speaks, you know, volumes about the people that you work with, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, know. it also that's,
1: means that you must be one happy camper.
0: That's true. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you don't, you don't, you know, it's funny, like, there was a point where Sean and I were, um, ready to just quit on stray and just go? You know that first trade is pretty great. You know we don't have to we don't have to say anything more after this. You know we we can let it go and just you know move on. And we were discussing doing more work. You know different different stories. You know not even superhero stuff. So uh, you know he's my man. You know like he's my boy. So like why not? You know just keep working together and stuff. And then you know and then we just looked at each other and we were just like you know what. I love stray. You love stray. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, like let's <laughs> let's just make it. Let's just keep making it. You know, like let's just keep doing the impossible. Very
3: cool. So Vito, one of my uh, questions I always love to ask everybody is, uh, what do you keep in your short box?
0: Like, what do I pull? Like, what's what, what's getting yeah. filled? yeah. What do you have in your pull box? What do you like to collect? What do what do you keep? Um, oh boy, trades mostly. Um, I you know. Uh, what's funny is uh, I got a really incredible honor um, about a month and a half ago um, my local library I've, I've since three years ago or something um, I've been donating all my books that I don't want to them <clears throat> and they're a small library in a small town of Pennsylvania you know they don't they don't have much of a budget so here I am just I just keep donating books and stuff and now they have a graphic novel section which is great, you know, like it's, it's, it's amazing. And the thing was, a couple of months ago, they decided that they were going to name the, their graphic novel section after me. Oh, wow, oh, that, that is awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's insane. And <clears throat> I bring that up because I do, I'm, I'm in the process of not keeping it very well. Yeah. You know, and that's because, you know, comics are a very disposable medium in a sense, but they don't have to be. You can keep them in your box forever and put them in storage and all that stuff, but there's a kid that hasn't discovered comics yet that you, know, you could give New Frontier to, even though you've read it dog-eared it. It's like you know, everything you want in a comic, and you're like, you know what? I can, I can let this go and like give it to a kid, and maybe they discover Darwin. Maybe they discover the Silver Age of DC. Maybe they discover um, just the the idea of <clears throat> the old giving way to the new, you know, whatever it might be that you get from New Frontier. You know, it's... it's. it's but, I mean, I'm just picking a story out of, of random. Um, add Darwin to that list of artists that I wish I could have worked with. We, we talked... I don't mean to go back to another story or to another question, but like, we had talked right before um, uh, he passed... Um, Baltimore last year was actually the last time I saw him and he, he came over to my table and I gave him a copy of the straight trade Paperback back. And he looks at me, he goes, I guess I got to draw this cover now, huh? And <laughs> I, I, and, and the sad thing is, I don't know if he ever did. And I don't, and, and I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say what if, you know, or anything like that. But like the fact that the guy thought enough of me, you know, and like we, our friendship was, you know, it wasn't, you know, super deep, but like I, I, I cried for days, you know. Like and you know, the, you can't put you can't put like um, a value on something like that. And I made the guy smile; he made me smile. We laughed together. We um, we shared beer. <laughs> you know, we shared drinks. You know, we we don't have a lot of anecdotes, but we the the ones that we have are great. You know, what um, what's in my po box? Um, I'm currently reading. The um, I guess all of the rebirth titles uh, are. I, mean, yes. not all of them, I don't. I don't read detective, and I don't read action. But
4: um, you should pick up action. Just FYI, i have never been a big Superman fan, but action is f- phenomenal.
0: But I'm I'm liking Superman, you know. So, and I, that's mostly because of Pete Tomasi The one that it's really surprising to me is uh, Batman, because I'm not. I, I never really liked Tom King's work. You know, like uh, like I didn't really like Grayson, so um, and and I'm sure it was a fine book. I have nothing against him, you know. But I just reading it never connected with me. But I'm really enjoying this new Batman, so uh, I'm reading that Wonder Woman. Greg Rucka, you can't go wrong. Um, I'm looking forward to you know the Teen Titans and Titans, you know, and Nightwing. Nightwing, I get my Nightwing back. That was the big thing is um, um, while Stray was coming out, there was no Nightwing, so I filled a niche, you know. So. I was uh, now I can't say that I'm, I'm doing that, so I have to do different types of stories that Nightwing wouldn't do, I guess. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying those. Um, I like anything that my friends are working on, you know. Like uh, I'll read anything that a friend of mine is working on. Um, trying to think of the last thing that somebody I know was working on.
2: Um, well, I, we we know Dean did. Uh, I think it was called The Fox with Mark. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. I read those. You know, anything by weight, I'll read too. Um Wade, uh, Wade has been a, a great great supporter of mine for no friggin reason like I want to get this across to your readers as well uh, or your listeners I should say um I understand if you can't you know what I mean like I I know what it's like to see something that you want but you can't you know get behind it you know for some reason um maybe maybe people don't lit- read comics you know like it, that's fine um but we are doing this this kind of crazy why are we doing two things at the same time type of um fundraising uh, not just for the kickstarter but we're doing this thing called rescue the stray you guys might have seen it on my um on my twitter feed it's a hashtag that uh, yes. i started up and it's basically we're doing you know it's for the kickstarter but it's also for this uh organization called stubby dog project um my dog kirby as you guys can see is a as a pit bull and pit bulls get kind of maligned in the press and you know by people you know and people just think the pit bulls aren't worth you know worth a damn as, as a pet and there are there's legislation that says that if a pit bull is found on certain premises you can kill it you know and so stubby dog uh, they are trying to dispel the myths behind pit bulls and um as a pit bull owner you know i'm 100% behind them so as a thank you to them as um, not even a thank you but um, I've worked with them in the past and you know uh, Action Lab Dog of Wonder they do um, uh, a column every month and so as something you know, I wanted to raise money for them so we have this t-shirt on our threadless store which is stray co- straycomic all one word dot threadless dot com and it's called Rescue the Stray and it's basically stray with a bunch of puppies around them and all the proceeds from this T-shirt are going to Stubby Dog uh, Project. So, again, you know, if you if you look at a, a Kickstarter and you're like, well, that's a lot of money for that reward, you know, I can't really afford that. Or, um, I don't know, I've never read this book, I, I can't really get behind it. But you do think that, you know, bulls shouldn't be killed for no reason other than being a pit bull, then maybe the T-shirt is something that you want to get behind. And so I totally encourage that. I understand, you know, like that I'm basically pulling people away from my own fundraising for my book. But at the same time, I'm cool with it. You know, I want to, I want to raise awareness for this charity. So very cool. Um,
4: so do you have uh just real quick on your Kickstarter, do you have like uh, if you pledge $5, 10 dollars, like, you'll get this or you can end up with this. You know what I mean? Like a uh, pledge amounts. What I are guess. the
0: incentives?
4: Ince- yeah, I guess incentives.
0: Oh, well, you know, we have three different covers for stray volume two number one um one is only for kickstarter um and one you know so there's uh sean isaacs is doing 80s uh movie variants so the first one is a ferris bueller's day off um kind of variant it's really cool uh the second one is an action figure variant that'll be a retailer incentive for when we go through diamond and then the third one is done by emilio lopez so you can you can back it at i think Ten or fifteen dollars and get one of the three. Um, I think at twenty-five you can get all three. Um, At thirty-five, I think we've included the stray trade paperback. You know, uh, I don't have them memorized, so I might be off. Oh, that's that's fine. Um, Then there's you know there's a complete one where you get all three, the stray trade paperback and the action verse trade paperback. So you know you can have basically every stray story that's been that's been produced to date. Um, and then, you know, then there's like some high-end incentives. Like um, my favorite one is the, the biggest one we have. Uh, it's called The Legend in, in the, in the uh, reward strip. And it's basically uh, $1,500 for original artwork by Sean Isaacs. Sean does not do traditional artwork. That's why this is so special. Mm-hmm. Sean is a purely digital artist. He works at Manga Studio exclusively. So the fact that he's going to pencil and ink something. For our wraparound cover, so it's a double-page splash, you know. For uh, our trade paperback, you know, is special, you know. And we really hope that somebody picks it up because, I, you know, Sean is the next big thing. I don't care what anybody says about me, you know. Like I, I, I don't know what my career is going to be. It could be over tomorrow, but Sean is going to, you know, be huge in this industry because he's only getting better, and you know, like he's working on projects with Jim Zub, with uh, Ron Mars uh, with a bunch of big names, you know, like the, you know, my buddy Wade, <laughs> he's like, where did you find this guy? And why, you know, uh, you know, why are, do you have him so busy? <laughs> you know, so, um, so yeah, he's going to, he's going to be a big player at some point. So I feel like, you know, asking for that much amount of money, you know, for that is not a bad, you know, is not a bad thing, you know? So, so yeah. So I, and then like we were doing a 3d print of a, disney infinity style stray figure um we have like a couple of like we have like if you're a creator and you uh, you know have a book coming out and you want to have an action figure cover david golding who did ours is offering three three backers so uh, there's a lot of things there especially for creators you know to to help you know creators you know you know usher them into the next level of their careers <clears throat> Super
1: cool. cool. Yeah, I was looking nice. through them. There are some cool things in there. I mean, I think some so. of them are out of my price range, but for others, there's a lot of opportunity.
0: Hey, man, they're out of mine too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know, to be perfectly honest, but you know, at the same time, there is there are people out there that are like, you know, I would really like a cameo of my character in your book. So yeah, there you know, weirdly enough, people want the higher end ones. So that's that's it's nice, you know.
1: Hey, all the more power to them, right? Right, okay. right.
0: Yeah. Oh. Alright, I'm
4: actually it. pledging as we speak.
0: <laughs> what number uh what number backer are you?
4: Uh I think it was three. It's like the is fifteen bucks. It's the one where you get like the physical copy of the book. Uh-huh. So uh-huh.
0: but I mean what number are you? Like one oh four or I'll be one oh three. Nice. nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: No, thank you. Like I said, I really enjoy the book. Um anything I can do to help, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to do.
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, you can't say thank you enough to everybody. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 like I lose my voice saying thank you.
2: You're clearly in love with what you do, and you know, you just want everyone else to be in love with it as well, which is always a good thing. Um, and it was it was again a pleasure to talk to you about the stray. Thank you.
3: Well, we just had a wonderful interview, and it is that time of the show where we talk comics. I'm excited. Be yes. too. Yes. yes, you too. I mean, since you're so excited, Nova, does that mean you want to go first or you want to go yes. last? Yes.
2: Yeah, I will go giddy. first.
3: Right. You guys can only <laughs>
2: see how giddy he is right I now. I've read a comic that has brought the joy of comic books back to me. You mean, you mean so, I left.
4: And it oh, wasn't right. Rebirth, uh, apparently.
2: Uh, no, it's not at all. It's a Vertigo title from 2010. So, I'm talking about a book written by Grant Morrison, drawn by Sean Murphy. I am just creaming, thinking about this book, and, I, and I'm and i not even talking about that book yet. Okay, so, uh, the one thing I wanted to do during this review is describe it in one or two sentences to you guys. It's a book about a boy named Joe who is either a sophomore in high school or just finishing middle school, but it's a journey of him getting to his kitchen to get a bottle of soda. That is the book. Wait, what? It's him getting from his room to the kitchen to get a bottle of soda. (gasps)
4: <gasps> now, I, now I'm assuming That's this it. kid has big active imagination
2: The kid has type 1 diabetes And the problem with that is He needs sugar in his life He needs glucose And during the story He has a lack of glucose And he goes into uh, he, he goes hypoglycemic Is yeah. a term for it And while he's hypoglycemic He hallucinates But before I get into that He's a young kid You know got bullies in his life but he's really big into artwork. He's drawing like knights in armor and stuff like that. His dad actually passed away during his second tour in the East. Um, and because of that, him and his mom are in debt. You know, they, they can't pay the bills, they can't pay off the house, stuff like that. But as all kids want in that early part of their life, he has a room in the attic. And in the attic, he's got a bunch of action figures. He's got a Batman, he's got a Robin, he's got a Superman, he's got Will Eisner's The Spirit, he's got Optimus Prime, he's got Sick Eyes from G.I. Joe. And Mm. while he's going into this hypoglycemic state, um, he starts hallucinating. And it's just, it's insane what this does for the story. I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited to talk about it. This is just such a revolutionary book. um, For me, anyway. Because it's got stuff like... For example, um, he's got a pet rat. And in the real world, it's just a rat. It's just sitting in a cage. But in this fantasy world that is hallucinating, this rat called Jack in the real world is named um, Chack with C-H at the start. um, And it's this huge rat warrior that protects him along the way. And while he's suffering through this uh, hyperglycemic um, attack, I guess is what it's called, he goes to like the bathroom. And in the bathroom, he lets the bathtub run. And he's letting the bathtub run, but in the fantasy world he's in, um, it starts, you know, the bathtub flooding starts to create new rivers. It starts to create new lakes. And in this fantasy world, they're sort of like, well, you know, these these lakes and these rivers didn't exist before you came here. And what's amazing is, in the fantasy world, they call him the dying boy, because that's what's happening. Um, until Joe gets some sugar, until he gets some glucose in his system, he's basically on the verge of death. He's going to fall into a coma, and once he falls into a coma, it's very hard for a hypoglycemic coma to... Basically, you know, come back to life. It's it's a sad truth. But that's what's happening to this kid. And during this huge grand adventure, you know, there's like a scene where he left the door open by accident before he came home. And there's a dog that walks in, a, a, a wild Rottweiler. And, you know, it starts attacking this rat. And this rat in his fantasy world is his bodyguard, Jack and you see Jack fighting this huge dog in this fantasy, and they show it mirroring in the real world, and it's just so tragic in the real world, because this dog is devouring this rat, and, oh man, it was just, it, it was such a phenomenal storyline, because you see this kid who is is stuff of prophecy in this fantasy world, but in real life, he's sort of, He's suffering. He's dying. He's falling down the stairs. His nose is bleeding because he's running out of... You know, he needs glucose. But what really gets me is sort of... It's not really the climax of the story, but in the story, in the fantasy world, there's the main villain. His name is King Death. Uh, And of course, Joe's name in the fantasy storyline is Joe the Barbarian. He's the dying boy. That's what his name is in the prophecy. And... The whole point is, while all of this is happening, there is a huge thunderstorm going on, and it knocks out the lights. So Joe sort of has a primary mission of getting to get Soda. He has to go get Soda in order to save himself. Or he can go and save world, this fantasy world, by going and turning on the generator. And I don't really want to say more than that, because... The end of this comic literally had tears streaming down my face because it was so emotionally gratifying. It was just like this kid who so utterly lives in a fantasy world but at the same time ends up saving his own world. It was just, oh, my God, it was amazing. And Sean Murphy, he's drawing in this book. It's a vertical title. He's drawing Batman. He's drawing Robin. And they're going to war with, like, undead warriors, He's drawing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's drawing Optimus Prime, Snake Eyes. Will Eisner is the spirit. And they're all like this huge army of kids' toys going to fight this undead army while this kid, who is like basically the Jesus of this fantasy world, going to save it. And as soon as I finished it, I read it digitally. I purchased it online. And I can't wait to read it again. If you haven't read Joe the Barbarian, you should. It will change your life. It will change your kids' lives, in all honesty. Oh, you sold I I hope I haven't been ranting too long. That's all I wanted to say, because literally, if I talk more about it, I will shed tears. It was like, me as a kid, with my toys, just so happy about it. It was phenomenal. Is it like a one-shot? It's... Right, I should say that. It's an eight-issue limited series. Okay. Started in 2010, ended in 2010. I think maybe 2011. But yeah, it was an issue limited series, and I loved it. Absolutely to the end.
4: Well, I usually like everything you recommend to me, so I will uh, be checking that out sometime
2: soon. Yeah, I mean, literally... If you want to explain it to someone in less than a sentence, you say, it's about a kid going to get a can of soda from his kitchen. And from there, oh my god, oh my god, it's amazing. Anyway, whoever's next, go ahead.
4: Uh, Yeah, I guess I can go. Um, So, kind of, I guess piggybacking off of Vertigo uh, I'm trying to think. I'm like, what have I even read recently besides Rebirth? Um, and the only other things I've read was Old JLA, and then what I'm going to discuss tonight, which is the original Hellblazer series. So I went back because I I started Hellblazer like in the 200s issues is kind of where I first ever read a Hellblazer issue. So I was like, okay, I need to go back and actually read um, these, you know, beginning issues. So I went back and I read the f- trade paperback of the first uh, nine issues. Nice. And uh, it's Jamie Delano did the did the story, uh, Steve Dillon art, um, and it's, oh, the artist kind of jumped around, there's a few artists, but uh, yep. it's really good. The story was freaking phenomenal. Um, obviously, everyone kind of knows who John Constantine Hellblazer is at this point, so I don't really need to dive into that, but... Um it starts off like Constantine's already been an established magician right when this book starts. Um he's not so there's not really an origin story. They kind of hint at things about his origin, but he's already haunted by his past at this point. Um and it talk and like the first arc is like him trying to save his niece and then they kind of go on from there. Yeah. You get introduced to Papa Midnight and um it's just really really good and it sucks you in. Um, now, the trade paperback also has a Swamp Thing 76 and 77, I want to say. And uh, so, yeah. the where it's at in the trade paperback kind of threw me off. Um, because I didn't I quite realize right away that that's... I was thinking, I'm still reading a Hellblazer story, and all of a sudden it's like this Swamp Thing like possessing John Constantine to have sex with his wife. It was really yes. weird. <laughs> it was really yeah. freaking weird. And so I'm like... All right, I don't know what's going on here. And then I realized that it was part of the Swamp Thing uh, book, so it didn't really tie in with the Hellblazer series, per se, um, well, with what was going on in the Hellblazer world. But the story was freaking phenomenal. It was such a fun book to read. Um, the art in it is very 80s-ish, um, which is good, though. Uh, but it's hit and miss. There were the original artists, I think, I want to say it was Steve Dillon... Um, fantastic. Um, Uh, is that who, am I right? Is that who
2: it is? I don't think it was, but whoever it was sort of had, they had detail in like the two page splashes, but yeah, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Steve Dillon. I don't know.
4: So anyway, though, the art in the beginning, um, no, I think it says it's here, John Ridgway. Um, so the art in the beginning was really good. Um, but then as like, you get into the Swamp Thing books and like later on towards the end, The art kind of, like, changed. Like, I didn't really like the way they drew Hellblazer. Uh, His hair, instead of, like, being, like, the short, croppy, you know, spiky type hair. Like, the one artist, I think it might have been in the Swamp Thing issues, is, like, just real long and hanging in front of his face. It looked looked weird. Just not not very good art. Uh, But anyway, overall, the art was very 1980s-ish. But the story... Uh, it was phenomenal, even to like "quote unquote" today's standards. Um, the book held up very well over the last thirty years. I'm very excited to go continue reading it. Hellblazer is one of those series that I want to try to collect all of the issues in physical form. Uh, in the meantime, I'm gonna read them all via trade paperback so I can continue reading. But yeah, it's a it's a really good book. Go check it out. You're not gonna you're not gonna go wrong with some Hellblazer. That's for sure. So
2: no. With the issues you read, um, he hasn't accessed sort of the techno magic verse yet, right? No,
4: no, no, no.
2: Okay, so this was like him going. Did he go to hell and sort of deal with? No. What? Okay. Wow. This is um, very. I
4: I... This is very early on. Oh, um, so
2: this is like where he has like he's talking to his friend who's like addicted to heroin or something. Yes, and he has all the and bugs his friend... all over him. Yes.
4: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep, okay.
2: Yep. Wild stuff, I mean, and and like he's haunted, shit.
4: and he's haunted by like the ghosts of his past,
2: <laughs> yes. and like
4: literally, yes. literally haunted literally. Uh, yeah. by the ghosts of his past. Insane. And uh, the first arc is him trying to save his niece from the yep. guy that wants to marry you and give you his ring, and really he just he's killing little girls, is what he's doing. Yep. Um, yeah. And then the second arc is where he saves his buddy, and he takes his buddy to Papa Midnight, and you get to meet Papa. You see who Papa Midnight is. Um, you see the zombies, uh, the voodoo zombies that Papa Midnight yeah. keeps in his basement. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's wow. it's a fun read. The and... art took me a little while to get used to. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but now I can't see it any other way. Now if I saw the art with what I would yeah. normally, it becomes... yeah,
2: yeah. It becomes, like, your your Hellblazer art, yeah.
4: Exactly. It's kind of like, same thing with, like, Hellboy. When you first read a Hellboy, you're not, you're the art, you're kind of like, yeah. it's good, but, like, it's different. It's way different than anything you've ever read. Yeah. Um, but after a while, you're like, it can't be anything but yeah. this. Like, this is my Hellboy. Art. Same thing with this. It's very much oh, Hellblazer man. art. You can't.
2: Hell, yeah. So... Hellblazer gets so messed up, dude. Keep reading it, please.
4: Yeah. Oh, it's no, a no, classic. no. I, most definitely. I, I love anything supernatural, horror, that kind of stuff. I'm actually kind of sad it took me so long to get yeah. into it. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started off in like the 200s and then I was like, you know what? I want to go back to the beginning. So I'm all the way back and I'm through issue nine. No, I think I'm actually through issue 12 now. I think I picked up the second trade paperback. I think I'm through like issue 12.
2: It's a but, unique read for sure. You won't find anything like that out there.
4: Yeah, and also something else I didn't know about Hellblazer because um, this is the only time I'm ever going to review this. Uh, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, Jason Aaron actually wrote Hellblazer towards towards the end, not in the beginning, but like years later down <sighs> the road. Um, he had like a five story arc, something like that, a yeah. five issue arc. Where then uh, the covers were really cool too. On his, they're, they're very much like a punk rock covers. Um think like sex pistols type punk rock covers. So uh yeah, go out and pick it up. It's a it's a really fun read. If nothing else, pick up and trade paperback form. It's good times. So that's what I got.
1: Very cool, very cool. So I guess I'm gonna go next and something that I'm gonna bring up is Venom versus Carnage. And this was from two thousand Four, I think it was and it's Peter Milligan Clayton Crane and as you know Clayton Crane's work is just like wow mind-blowing like his art is just like b- blow your socks off um and he does most everything on a digital level which I think he I think he does everything on a digital level but this series is interesting enough it's only a four-part series and you know it's Everything you thought it could be in a symbiote series, but not really because nothing really happens in it besides we get the introduction of the character Toxin, who coincidentally is named Patrick Mulligan. I don't know how much thought went in Peter Mulligan, Patrick Mulligan, yeah, Um, (laughs) maybe a little bit biased there. But we got this character, Toxin, who's really cool. And the whole premise of it is Venom is trying to prep Carnage to become a father, basically. Um, As you know, Venom sprouted Carnage as his offspring. And this whole story is about Carnage sprouting a new offspring. And this is the 1000th symbiote. I don't know why this made it so significant in the story, but apparently every 1000th symbiote is something special and can go both ways, and they're both worried the whole time that uh, this symbiote could come back and meet their demise. Um, Carnage just wants to straight-up kit, but Venom wants to nurse it and make it mold it and make it become what he wants it to come. But The whole series is based off of at least the first two issues of Carnage trying to kill this guy after he gives birth to the symbiote toxin. Um, You know, it's weird that we're getting introduced into this new character, but in the end, the series really wasn't that bad, and the art pretty much overshadowed everything. The writing was kind of weird, but like I said, the, the art was just like, wow. I got to keep reading this to see what else he drew. And um, we had appearances from Spider-Man in it. We had Black Cat as pretty much a main character in it. And um, overall, it is a really, really – it's at least an interesting four-part read. If you want something quick to pick up and just skim through and read, this is something that you can get through pretty quickly. And you're going to appreciate the art in this book like no other – yeah, exactly. Like, Clayton Crane, like, I can't give enough props to the guy. He is amazing, okay? He's uh,
2: cream-worthy, as it yeah. were. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, um, <coughs> like, like I was saying, uh, quick read, great art, and uh, the story is all right. Um, but it introduces and is the first appearance of the character <laughs> known as Toxin, who now is Eddie Brock. So if you want to find out a little bit more about Toxin's origins, this is definitely the series to pick up to figure out where he came from and how he became – he turned from cop to super symbiote hero man. And for those of you that um, didn't understand what we're
2: talking about until Rusty started speaking, you need to read more Image Comics. Yes. And more non-Marvel comics. And Russ, yeah, I'm saying this for your own benefit because shit like Joe the Barbarian is something anyone here would miss out on. But, you know, there's stuff out there that, uh, you know, you won't see sales of, but it deserves the sales.
3: Well, speaking of image, that's going to tie into my segment. Of course. Um, of course, you know. <laughs> but, you know, instead of an individual image title, I'm going to be talking today about Image Plus. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, Image Plus is a magazine brought out by Image, which is nothing more than um, sneak peeks, previews, interviews, and all sorts of really cool stuff. You know, kind of like a, our podcast all rolled into a magazine is really what it is. Um, issue three just dropped. And it's magazine uh, style, like I said, and size. So don't go out buying a uh, regular size bag and board for you. You need to get a (laughs) magazine bag. Um, Here uh, for this month, we have uh, some interviews in there with uh, Brandon Thomas and, you know, talking about uh, some of their work that they've been doing and Rick Remender uh, also talking about uh, 7 to Eternity, number one, which will be coming out. And it gives you a nice little, let's see here, what is this, like a 7... 567 page preview of what we'll be getting through the comic and I have to say it looks really good that art I really enjoy in it and even the cover of Image Plus this month even has some of uh Remendor's work uh, on the front of it
2: yeah the artist is a uh, Jerome yeah.
3: yeah and from there we go into uh Hadrian's Wall issue number 1 um by Kyle Higgins and again that's another issue that uh it looks like it could be interesting. It's going to be hit and miss, I think, for me. It's either going to end up being really good or it's like after yeah. the first issue, I probably won't go back to it. So it's, it's really hard to tell from this preview. I don't know. What did you think about that one, Noah? Because I know you read Image uh, Plus this month.
2: And the four-page, it sort of seems like the four-page previews end before a cliffhanger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the next page is going to have the cliffhanger and, and we just there. sort of don't get to it. Yeah, um, But the art in that Kyle Higgins series looks phenomenal. Yeah, no, um, the art's not too bad. I'm on the uh, same page yeah. as you, though, waiting yeah. waiting to see what happens.
3: Because, like I say, the cliffhanger was missing, so it's going to be hit and misses. I'm either going to really love it or I'm just not going to enjoy it at all. Um, but from there, it uh, goes straight into uh, Glitter Bomb by uh, Jim Zub. And for those that aren't familiar with it, stay tuned to a podcast we have coming up with Jim. I'm um, just talking all about this stuff. I'm going to tell you it, it looks like it's going to be a really, really great read. Make sure you uh, get that one into your pull list because you know, you read the storyline too and it's like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. It looks like this be something that's going to be a, an image must read. Yep. And, and that takes us to the middle of the magazine where you get a nice full page poster um, that you can take out if you wanted to for Paper Girls. I love and, it. Yes, and if none of you have read uh, BKV's Paper Girls, you're really truly missing out. Uh, I want to say issue seven is dropping this month, if memory is correct, and it's just it's outstanding. I would have never thought. I mean, I picked it up on them, and as soon as I read it, you know, I had to go back out and get the rest of it. It was just like, wow, this is a really great story. And check that one out. Then following after that, you have a nice little two preview. For those people that aren't familiar with 2 and have never read it, um, there's a nice little, I want to say it's like a five-page preview of basically what 2 is all about and how there was a bird flu outbreak, killed millions of people, it's illegal to eat chicken, and how the FDA is the most powerful agency on the planet. And you know, just a little talk of, of, about the series to try to get you hooked into it. Um, from there, it, um, this month it talks a little about uh, Sarah Kenny's uh, Surgeon X uh, the one for me that looks like it's going to be hit and miss, I'm not quite sure. I'll be honest, I wasn't too sold on the art. Uh, the storyline, though, looks like it could be promising. You'll pick up um, you... issue no one.
2: You'll pick up issue one. Oh, later. I will.
3: No, I- I'll definitely pick it up. Uh, it's just going to be one of those ones that will I be continuing on with it or not. Yeah. It's hard for me to say. But one of the articles in here after that that I really thought was really nice to put in was a nice article by... Uh, Zelda Jackson Orms, also known as Jackie Orms, who was the first black woman to make mm. a living as a cartoonist between 1937 and 1955. And it gave a really nice um, biography about her and the work that she's done, and it was all put together by the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund um, for yeah. image comics. So really good reading in that one as well. Um, and we have an interview in there by uh, Steve Lieber. Um, the Fix, and <laughs> please yeah. go back and listen to our podcast with Steve. Great guy, great issues um, with The Fix. It's a must-read, and put it this way, it's going into its fifth printing now. That tells you yep. it's a must-read, okay?
2: We did it before Image Plus minus Nova uh, here. <laughs> 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 and then, of course, every month,
3: Image Plus will wrap up with a little story by Kirkman called... Here's Negan, um, of course, Negan from The Walking Dead, and this so in this so one being uh, chapter three, we get a nice little story where basically Negan is with his uh, mistress, yep, and he basically says, you know what? It's over. We're done, and she's just like, "F you, goodbye." There's the door, so he leaves, goes home to his wife, and tells his wife, "Hey, I'm done with my mistress. Oh, you have my full undivided attention now." <laughs> Um because, dedicated. Yeah, and he does because, you know, his wife's dying from cancer, and he is just all about spending every second enjoying the moments that he can with his wife before she passes. And he's yeah. miserable all throughout it, which is a surprise, as you know, the key, uh, character Negan. And it really had some character development in there, and it really showed you a different side of his personality. You know, and she's yeah. in the hospital bed at the hospital dying – and you know, one of the orderlies comes in. And is like, "You need to get out of this hospital now." You know, every and he's like, "No, you know, you know, Negan's language." And he's like, "I'm not leaving." He looks out the window, and it's the start of the
2: zombie apocalypse. It is unreal what Kirkman is doing in four pages. Oh, tell me about the issues. He has got it down pat. He is killing it with four pages, literally four pages. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just so much. Yeah. And I've got to say, I don't know what it is about Image Plus. Is it the format for you, Red? Is it the fact that there's so much various content in here? But I have to have it. I, I have, have to have, have my Image Plus.
3: I mean, it has to be my pull box, and it's everything put together. I they put great material in there. Uh, in a, is a magazine it
2: just, format. Yeah. You know. And,
3: big images. Yeah. yeah. And it, when was the last time you really seen something that come out in a magazine format other than Mad Magazine?
2: Seriously, like nothing. 2000 AD, and that's like ten bucks an issue. This is one ninety nine. One oh, ninety nine, or free with your or purchase. Or free. free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable. It is just seriously. If you're gonna go to your shop for any reason, you never go to your shop. You you buy all digital. Get Image Plus at least because and
3: both shops are handing them out free anyways.
2: Yeah, if your shop is doing well, they'll give it to you. No problem. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't care. But it is. Worth even if you pay two dollars, I'd gladly pay two dollars for this. Mm -hmm. It is phenomenal, just for the interviews, just for the the production quality, you know, Mm -hmm. just for the cover. It is beautiful. It's an amazing book.
3: Everything you need need or want to know about image for that month, boom, right in a magazine with great everything. And I just love being able to have a pre a sneak peek at the number ones that are coming out.
2: You're ready for like the next three or four months. You know what's coming out. You know you've read the first four pages before, you know, before your yeah. friends have.
3: Exactly. And what's kind of nice, what they do in there is on the very back page, you can rip it out if you wanted to rip the back page off. And there's an order form on there. And you just basically put your, your information on there. You place a stamp on it. and you pay, And you tell them what comics you want to subscribe to.
2: Phenomenal.
4: You can't do that online? They keep it
3: old school? They have it old school. And there's a checklist of all the comics that are coming out by image for the month of September. And the one in there that really caught my eye, (coughs) excuse me, that uh, was not mentioned in here, is the Wicked and the the Divine 1833 number one, one shot.
2: One shot, yep. Yes. And it's not going to be in any collected edition. It is not ever gonna be seen besides a single release. Literally, yeah. they have sworn not to ever release it otherwise. No, when
4: mm-hmm. you say 1833. You're talking about
3: the year.
2: The year. Yes, yep. the year. It is set in the past.
3: Okay. Yeah, which is gonna be like, whoa. And that's something I've been dying for. Some of the the past for uh, the Wicked, and yeah. finally we're gonna get a one shot with it.
2: You know, and literally you will never see it again. You either get this one shot. Or you never find out what happened in the issue
3: mm-hmm. That's how it is So so for those of you listening um, It's on sale September 21st It even tells you the date The 21st go ahead get that in your pull box Now so they can order it for you yep. uh, But it's not just the comics They have trade paperbacks listed. For instance like on September 14th uh, The Fix Volume 1 trade paperback comes out
2: Grab that while you can Yes Seriously that's going to go into multiple printings as well mm-hmm. Really I mean, yeah, if you don't get it, you're S.O.L.
3: And what else is in there? You know, Think Tank, Volume 4, Creative Destruction comes out in Trade Paper back on the 28th. So, like, I I mean, I can't stop talking about it enough. Image Plus Magazine has every single thing you ever need to know about Image. And it just keeps getting better and and better. Every month. The first month, this isn't bad. This is cool. second month is like, wow, yeah, they're doing a good job. This month was just like, holy cow, I want more than
2: once a month. Yeah.
4: It's, I want it, my Image Plus. You,
2: seriously, get Image Plus because it helps Image. And, I mean, the more you help Image, the more you get amazing titles. Exactly. Creator-owned titles. Mm-hmm. Creator-owned. They own it. They're making the stuff that they love, and you love it. So, and,
4: which is why what's, they're doing so good.
3: And they tell you what number ones are coming out because let's be honest, guys. What number ones actually come out anymore these days by anybody that holds up in value and yeah. for investment reasons you can actually turn a buck on?
2: I mean, you know, I... We, we love Colin Bunn, but he's, he literally said issue five of Deadpool and the Mercs ends at n- number five, the miniseries, and number one starts the next month.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Doesn't happen in Image. No, when a number one starts, it is the number one. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Game over. Once it's out of print, it's out of print. You luck yeah. out.
3: And then volume two. come out. I mean, I, mean I, I remember talking about the fix when it came out. And now look at the fifth printing. And you just know if you pick up an image, number one, nine times out of ten, you're sitting up there.
2: Yep. And if you miss out, hey, you lost three bucks. But three bucks, most likely got you a goddamn good story. Yeah, It just didn't get you the best story of that week. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. That's literally it.
3: But that's what you got us here for. We'll, we'll let you know what to get. <laughs>
2: Trusted four guys. Just my image. My <laughs> image and old Vertigo because old Vertigo is dope.
4: Yes, Vertigo is amazing.
2: Yeah. V for Vendetta and Onward. Anything that came out after V for, v for Vendetta, you got to pick it up, man. Give you for vendetta. It's, it is. Oh my god. Oh god. One thing I completely forgot to mention about Image Plus Two is every
3: month they spotlight a different comic book store from within uh, the nation. And wow. uh, this month it was Portland, Oregon.
2: They also have an interview with Jim Zub in there, but ours, which will be coming in the upcoming weeks, is far superior. <laughs> no <laughs> offense. It is vastly superior.
4: Well, you get to hear him talk on ours, whereas there you're reading what he has You're, like, reading
2: it, and you're like, well, did he say this stuff or not? I don't know. And what's interesting is
3: (laughs) – I mean, think – if you actually – for those of you, you know, think about all of the podcasts that we do. Majority of the people
2: that we interview are image. Yep. I mean, I look through –
4: Yeah, they're – yeah, they're wendy, but a lot of them –
2: And we don't hold back. No. We're like, listen, you work for image. Tell us how it is, man. And with Jim Zub, we found out quite a bit about the hardcover process, which I myself was, um, Jesus, I'm (laughs) extremely happy about it. That was – Yeah. But if you think about it, what,
3: Image Plus, we had, what, five different uh, artists spotlighted, Um, one of them being Jim Zub, did a podcast with. The other one, Steve Lieber, did a podcast with Rick Remender,
2: We'll get him in. Well, right, about <laughs> about Rick. About <laughs> Rick, we need to uh, set something up with Rick, right? I mean, yes. Or uh, Jerome Opeña, yeah. man. I would love to talk to Jerome Penga. He is his artwork, man. Holy shh! Wow, the seven yeah. to eternity artwork. I mean, I'll From be honest. Pena. Like
3: this, uh, uh, uh Hadrian's Wall. That we talked about Kyle Higgins.
2: We should reach out to him. You know, Kyle Higgins. Not? Hell yeah, let's get him on the show, man.
1: Yeah,
2: he's done like Nightwing, Cowl now he's doing this series he's run a bunch of movies yeah Mm -hmm. guys if for those of you listening out there that want to hear us talk to these fellows send them emails it's public information
3: well this is red and i'm now going to get off my image soapbox and we're going to start a new segment of the show
1: Alright everybody, so we're back for the second edition of We're Not Buying It. And I mean, last time we had it a little more formatted, but uh, this time uh, we're going to let it go a little more freely. We are missing Nova, sadly, so I just have tap. Oh, you hear the bell, that means
3: (laughs) (laughs) For whom the bell tolls. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. That means it is time. We're saying goodbye to our favorite Canadian. (laughs) Uh, We salute you. (laughs) uh,
3: So second edition, here we go. Oh
1: my goodness. So what we're doing today is, well, I'll start it off first. I'm not going to give both away right away, okay? Oh, first one. It's a 90s favorite. Holographic covers. Were you buying it? Are you still buying it? Or is it something that you were ever interested in? I'm going to start with Fred because I think he probably has a little more history with this, even though he was sailing the seas in the 90s. (laughs) Well,
3: I remember them coming out really well, and it was the fad. Everybody, you know, had to have one. It was just so cool because, oh my gosh, it's a holographic cover. It's new. It's the exciting thing. And I had some, I had, you know, the X-Men because there most of them were variant covers to boot. It wasn't the uh cover A. It would be like cover B or C or something like that that would have the the uh holographic sticker or whatever that was on it. And I want to say X Men had it the most, if memory stores correctly. But you found it in a couple Spider Man titles. There was a couple uh other miscellaneous titles here and there. But it was the cool fad. You know, you had to have it and you know, then you would have to, you know, find the, get the right angle to get it to move, you know, because it was cool. No, you know, it was,
1: it's super cool, dude.
3: I mean, I remember the holographic things were so huge that I want to say it was like in 90, 90, 89, 90, something like that. I remember going to the mall and it'd be nothing but a store that sold nothing but holographic stickers and art and paraphernalia. And it was always packed. Everybody wanted their, their hologram.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's kind of ridiculous, dude. Yeah, today it's kind of like, really? <laughs> that's cheap. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Like, those comics go for so little now. Yeah, uh, Yeah, so Tap, did you have something different on it? Uh, no, because I bought them. Uh they you were bought the, them? they were the cool yeah, thing.
4: They I were. Mean, they and I don't care even if they sell for cheap and people are like ah oh, whatever, but I don't care. I think they're beautiful, all right? Like I still get a kick out of looking at holograms. I have so i collected uh multiple years the series of the uh, Marvel Universe trading cards.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And one of like the hardest and rarest trading cards to get were the holograms.
3: Oh yeah. And really? I have
4: yeah. a ton of them. And I still got them. They're sitting over here in my man cave in a little like baseball card book thing. And I love flipping through them. I think I ever sent you guys pictures at one point. I like flipping through them, but the holograms, like they're still so cool to look at. I don't care if it's old and people are like, we have virtual reality now. When you were a kid, that was your virtual reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it was. That was the equivalent to kids having virtual reality today. The holograms were just amazing. Um, I still enjoy them today. I don't care if they're worth anything. And obviously, it was a gimmick, or else they'd still be doing it. Uh, but, yeah, it was awesome. I, I absolutely loved holograms. I still do.
3: Yeah, and uh, it wasn't just Marvel, but DC, man. They put out some killer holographic cards back in the day as well. And they're always the rare chase ones, the ones that everybody wanted because they're harder to get. And... It was in the comics, it was in the cards. I mean, Mad Magazine even had holographic covers.
4: Baseball cards had holographic covers. Yep. I yep. have a Nolan Ryan and Tweety Bird holographic baseball card.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. But you know what? That was the thing. I mean, and if you think about it, it carried on through Pokemon and Magic Pogs.
0: and Pogs.
1: Pogs was a good one. That's oh, a, I yeah. that. I, love I played Pogs. With a lot of Pogs when I was young. Uh I yeah, I, wasn't, I didn't collect so many comics when I was a kid, but I did collect a lot of Pogs. Yeah. Um, okay,
3: so speaking of holograms, I mean, you realize, do you guys are aware of the, some of the most expensive ones today to get through comics? What? Um, probably the most known one is Wolverine number 75, because in there they had a rare recalled blue hologram. And it was about the size of the trading cards that was on the front of the, of the cover, and you know, I want to say it was Wolverine and X Factor, X Men, Excalibur, and a bunch of other different uh, series have like uh, different colors, like a green, a yellow, a blue, a red. It was for uh, Fatal Attractions, right? I th- can't remember. It may have been. Yeah, fa- yes, it was Fatal Attractions. Yes, and anyways, the Wolverine one, for whatever reason, they recalled, it, and I don't remember why. So for that that reason, that blue one is the one that you know is the
1: one to get. I don't re- I don't know if it's that one exactly but what is the issue where Wolverine gets all the adamantium ripped out of him? Because That's I know it was in Fatal Attractions.
3: And may I don't remember. I just remember Wolverine 75 blue is just one of those things that collectors, you know, if you see it
1: get it. I think it is that issue, though. It in one been. of those issues, uh, Magneto just goes to town on Wolverine and just is like strip and just like rips it all out of his body, and Wolverine just kind of laying there and mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. The art is ridiculous in it; like it's so many sharp points. Yep, so. but you got to remember they had you know they,
3: then there was the Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. Those four issues that all came out with a, a web design with different colored covers with that big hologram right in the middle yep. And which those I- what's that which issue of wolverine was it 75
4: 75
3: oh
4: Ooh, it's not too bad though you can pick up a 9.4 for 25 bucks on uh on ebay
3: oh yeah okay. which cover which colored hologram is it
4: uh oh I guess green no it's well i don't know it looks blue um, Wolverine the, the near mint hologram fatal attractions I don't know it, it actually does not specify it looks bluish but I mean it's a hologram I don't know
3: yeah it could be the angle of it yeah, ex- too exactly <coughs> uh,
4: most of them were green I saw a black one
3: okay yeah here I'm pulling it up right now um, here's on a 9.8 you- that's black Here's a um, um, couple on eBay. Somebody's selling one on eBay for $300
1: for the recalled blue hologram. Wow. Sweet Jesus. Yep. You could get a uh, first appearance Deadpool for that much. Yep. Yep. You know what? It wasn't that X-Men, though. I mean, if you think of, like, the uh, Infinity uh, – some of the Infinity ones, like Infinity Watch or Infinity Crusade, they had, like, the – the it w- I guess it wasn't really the hologram. It was, like, the tinfoil on the cover.
4: Okay, I see the blue ones now. Yeah. This one you're yeah, getting a Wolverine seventy five blue air recalled hologram variant near mint. Set a lot of six. One of only one of them is the Wolverine. The rest are like the X Force, X Men, Excalibur, X Factor. Um, starting bid at sixty bucks, mm. but it still got five days to go. So yeah. What yeah. will happen over the?
3: Yeah, that will that will change most likely. But no, Rains.
4: okay, yeah, no, those are definitely blue. I see it now. Anyways, moving on. <laughs>
1: All right. So, what? I guess the verdict on we are love, we buying um, it was yes. We're loving yes, holographic yes. covers. You know what? I always thought it would be cool to see like an X Men variant or an X Force variant of a new series. Like even this X Men '92 series, if they had a variant where it was like a holographic cover again. That'd be cool. Like, just for a throwback, you know? Especially on, like, an X-Men 92 series (laughs) or something like that. That'd be totally appropriate. I'd give a big thumbs up to that.
3: Yeah, I could see that. Especially that series, it would be appropriate
1: for it. Definitely. So, moving on to our second... Are we buying it? We're not buying it. We might be. Who knows? But this gets a lot of stigma like especially nowadays but back in the day i guess it didn't happen as much life field uh, art no, <laughs> no 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 not buying it <laughs> we are talking about number ones oh. okay and that means restarting a series at number 1 were you buying those number ones whenever the re- series restarted I got a lot I can say on that. But I went first last time. Tap, I'll give you the floor.
4: Uh, mine's short and sweet. No. Um, for me, it just really depended on the on the book and the character. I wasn't going out and snagging up number ones just for the sake of having number ones. If I did go out and buy a number one, it's because it's a book that I wanted to collect. So that's kind of
3: my standpoint on it. Mm-hmm. See, for me, in the past, there wasn't too many number ones often coming about you know there wasn't all this reboot reset rebirth whatever the heck you want to call it like there is today now today I couldn't care less if a number one came out if it's Marvel or uh, DC But if it's if image it's image. <laughs> yes if it is image it's a whole a story it, it just is because well, as we know you know 90% of any image comic you pick up as a number one you're most likely going to enjoy it And, you know, they have they have flops. They do. You know, just like any series, just 10 percent, which isn't bad, (laughs) in my opinion. But you pick up those number ones like uh, what's something recently, The Fix, when I picked up that one, I picked up number one, read it, loved it, fell in love with it. Now it's in fifth printing. And I find that today image number ones are great for investment purposes, more than Marvel or D.C., And it's also just a good thing to have in your short box. It's a great read. The only time it's good to get a first print um, number one from Marvel or DC is if it's going to be one of those rare sketch things or something like that um, that's on the pricey end. That's it.
4: There's been a couple, like, uh, not Detective Comics, but Batman New 52. Yep, that was um, a surprise hit. Yeah, that one's slowly falling in price. But if you sold recently, you, you made a good penny. Um, so that one was doing well. Uh, obviously, all the variants usually do well. Um, like, there's a Harley Quinn variant that's, like, 450 bucks.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um yep. A padded cell, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's some <laughs> variant. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The thing for me, I guess, with Image is is I, is I love them. I love the fix. I think it's a really good story, and I'm very happy for them that they're going to the fifth printing. Uh, but for me, like, I love the more obscure titles, I guess, like Postal and mm-hmm. Birthright. And Nailbiter, and like those types of books that like aren't getting the same love that the fix mm-hmm. is getting. I don't know. I like more obscure stuff, I guess, but eh, I
3: don't know. But the ones you mentioned, they all have the Image logo label on it. They're all, to me, they're all st- they're still considered Image. Yeah. And you're right; they don't get the love like they deserve. Uh, but I have a feeling some of those, like Postal and Revival, Nailbiter, all of a sudden one day it's just going to hit. And then people are going to be like, "Oh my God, I've been missing this!" And before you know it, boom, it's going to be impossible to find.
4: I can see that. I think yeah. Preacher was that way, honestly. I don't it was. think. I think for years you could probably pick up a whole entire set of Preacher for twenty dollar a piece. Until, <laughs> yeah. yeah, until <laughs> what? Maybe the last two, three years, and now all of a sudden it's you're not going to mm-hmm. find a Preacher number one for probably less than a hundred bucks.
3: It's like the minute they tell you. It's being made into a TV show or a movie. Everybody's like, oh, "Oh, I have to buy it now. I have to get it." Yeah. You know, you know. Most of the times, I can sit back and say, ha, "I picked that up for two ninety nine or three ninety nine You know, and just laugh at the fools. But uh, to me, like, still, investment wise, image is the way to go. Enjoyment wise, same thing. But it, buying it, it, like I say, it, it's both sides. I I will buy it for Image, but I won't buy it for the other two because it doesn't mean anything to me. Marvel and DC completely lost my respect when it comes to issue numbers, not stories, but just the issue numbers.
4: Well, I do respect them for bringing uh, DC, for bringing Detective Comics and Action Comics back to the original Mm -hmm. numbering. That was pretty cool. Uh, That is. And you know they're doing it just to hit 1000 and it's going to be a huge money grab. But, hey, that's okay, (laughs) because I'm collecting them all in between now and then. But, you know,
3: I'm I'm, I'm worried about it because I have a feeling they might do it again. Because the same exact thing happened with Marvel. I'll take, you know, for an example, Amazing Spider-Man, Captain America. They Mm -hmm. were going – Amazing Spider-Man went on that nice big run. When it got to issue 400 and something – they redid it to number one again after what four or five years they changed it back to the original numbering and they just continued it on like those numbers never existed yeah you know it's just and then and then go then all of a sudden boom okay yeah we're gonna start all over from number one again and dc could very well do the same thing again
1: that's true. Wouldn't that be interesting if they <laughs> went back to uh Spider-Man 701? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, they wouldn't do that. I think if they went if they renumbered Spider-Man, they would probably incorporate in my opinion uh the what is it? The uh, um Superior Spider-Man followed by all the s- series 5 and then series 6 Spider-Man.
1: You know, they uh, stopped and did it with uh, X-Men, too. It's when they got to yep. 600 and yep. then flipped it. And, and, yeah, Marvel did that with all, pretty much all the series. And all, then they brought them back again.
4: You know what? We'll see. I was like, Real quick, going back to image is just dawned on me, and I find it kind of humorous. Um, so you were saying, you know, good investments are image titles and things like that, which is generally true. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the original image titles savage dragon Mm -hmm. spawn you know the ones that actually made image yes like you know made image i wouldn't say made them into the company they are today but they were the ones that got image off the ground and yeah put you know got image through the 90s basically the founding comics yeah the founding the the founding fathers you know and those you can pick those up for like five bucks or less
3: (laughs) yeah no you can unless you want that pristine near mint then you're paying 20
4: it, yeah,
3: and it's sad because there's are such good titles. Well, it's like? Remember, I got my Father's Day collection. I pulled. I got a Youngblood number one for seven cents, yep. perfect condition. You yep. know, it, it, if I were to get it graded, I know it would be a nine point six. And they're, they're they're that cheap. And eventually, I think that as the years go by, there'll probably be a TV show for Savage Dragon or Spawn. And then when that happens, that's when every Everybody's going to come out of the woodworks and say, "Oh, I got to get these issues," and that's when the, the comic stores owners will take them out of the dollar bins and put them for, double cover price.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, really. I feel you on that, man. Uh, you know, the other day a guy tried to sell me a Youngbloods for uh, seven bucks, eight bucks, I was
0: no. like, "No, no,
3: eh,
1: no, way." In fact, I
3: know in one of my local comic stores right now, in their dollar bin, there is one sitting. And it's probably 9.6 and 9.8 for a dollar.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's
4: crazy. It reminds but me it's... of RoboCup. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love that scene.
3: But, you know, like you say, yeah. the, the early image doesn't get the love that it deserves. It just doesn't. No. Especially Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon just doesn't get the love. But I applaud Eric Larson for... Continuing on with it after all these years, regardless of how well it's not recognized.
4: Wasn't Savage Dragon? Wasn't there a cartoon in the '90s of Savage Dragon? There like was. A there was morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Spawn had the HBO series cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which that's not
3: meant for children by any stretch no. of the
4: imagination. No.
3: No, know, they have the cartoons, they've got the toys, the trading cards. Oh, you know, Mc, yeah. McFarlane. McFarlane really helped push all of that stuff in, in many different forms of media. It still just, in my opinion, just still doesn't get the love that it deserves. I think part of it, I don't know about
4: Savage Dragon, but I think part of it with Spawn was that I think they printed so many of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of spawn number 1s out there in the world. It's not a scarce book at all. No, no. Uh so that could have something I guess to do with it too, but still cuz I mean that was kind of back in their rock star days where they're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, let's sell 4 million of these before we go to a second printing or you
3: know. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, Walking Dead number 1, which is was is it 7236 of memory serves? I know it's 7236 sticks in my head, but that's a low print run you know wow. it's just amazing and so you got to think how many other low print runs of image are out there you know invincible number one is considered a low print run as well you know that one's just over eight thousand. Oh. and to me a lot of those late 90s images those are really super low print runs if you find them in the dollar bins are really cheap Pick them up because eventually a lot of that stuff is going to come back. And it's just a lot of – like I say, a lot of it is good reading, especially today. Today's image in the last four years. The last four years has just been like, oh, my God. This, oh.
4: And if they don't come back, you only paid a buck and it's still a good read. Correct. Truth. It's a win-win. Yep.
3: So speaking of image, Rusty, how are you doing on Invincible? <laughs> Hey, hey, I right. haven't this read is it. So ask
1: questions here, okay? <laughs> but that brings us to the end of the <laughs> <laughs> Well played, sir. Well played. What is the verdict?
3: Uh huh.
1: For number one, not buying. Buying it.
3: It? No. Um, it, buying it depending if it's image. Anything other than that, not buying it.
1: In the true words of a fanboy. Yes. Red Skull will buy the image number ones and Cap yes. says he's just buying what he likes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's seemingly the same thing I'm doing. I'm buying what I like. Image. <laughs> all right. All right. This is going to conclude this segment of Where You're Not Buying It.
3: Welcome, everybody. It's that time again for... Battle of the Geeks. I believe we're at part six, if memory serves correctly. And I have with me my illustrious crew, Tap, Noah, and Rusty. Whoa. Jeez. And for those of you that have been following us, you know all too well that these three gentlemen are fighting against each other for the ultimate prize, a near-mint copy of Amazing Spider-Man issue number 300. Woo.
1: I wish I could win it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Says the, the fair points. Third place yeah
3: point standings i don't remember it's on my pc which i'm not in front of (laughs) (laughs) but we'll just say that i do believe memory serves correctly tap is in the lead followed by nova's one point behind yeah one point behind followed by rusty now last contest i gave you guys a challenge i think you guys remember i gave you a little writing contest to do correct but i i know life has been busy for the three of you. Lots of stuff going on. So my treat to you guys is I'm going to extend this out until
1: the next contest. you got two more weeks to for your what,
2: writing. What? I was oh, coming up oh, with this
1: huge... Oh,
2: no. This is going to be epic.
1: Things are yes. going to get blown out of proportion now.
2: Yes.
3: And when we do that, we'll have a guest come onto the show to
2: judge. Oh, man. We should get a writer guest. Oh, that- you... Not like that guy who came on last time and gave Rusty an absurd amount of points just for like.
3: <laughs> who was that guy again? I believe that was our,
2: our buddy Jake. <laughs> some, was it Jake? No, no, no. there's some Ronnie
3: or Ronnie. Yes, was sir. it Ronnie? Ronnie.
2: Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, I had my as, we all... <laughs> al- uh, as we on, all
3: go. know, we're going to have um, some series of questions that I'm going to ask you guys, and we'll. Well, one of you goes. The other two people will take off their headphones; they cannot hear the questions being asked, and we will continue on from there. Sounds good. So the question is, who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Oh, he's quick with it. Did you hear that? Let's do this. I'll go first. All
4: right. All right. Headphones are going off.
3: All right, and I got to get my timer out here.
1: Uh oh. Don't make me look
3: like a fool. Where is my hourglass? Alright, hourglass is here. It's full of sand. It's turned over and ready to go. Okay. Alright. So, my question for you is in 60 seconds, I need you to name me as many issues that Colin
1: Bunn has written. Okay. When? Now? Go. Okay. Um, uh, bleh, venom. Um uh the, was it the third gun? No. Uh, oh, uh sixth gun. Yes. Six gun. Um uh, uh the one uh well, I mean besides that let's do X-Force versus Deadpool. Dead uh-huh. Night of Death, The Living Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um Deadpool uh Mercs for Money. Um he did uh Deadpool versus Carnage. Mm-hmm. Uh Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um uh, Dead. Po- uh, he's done. What else is there? Um, Uncanny X Men. Uh, oh. He's done. Uh, was it Demented? Oh. Mm. His first one. It's de- Demon. Uh, no, nah, you're
0: getting, getting close.
1: I know. It's like Dead. Dead. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh my gosh. Um, and time. He- Dang. Were you thinking damned? Damned. That's what it was.
3: Oh, <laughs> Well, you got ten. Okay, cool. You got ten. So why don't we go ahead and bring someone else on board? All right. Sounds good. And you can stay on since you already answered. All right. All right. Tap. So you got 60 seconds, Tap.
4: Oh, sorry. My, mo- my mic was on mute.
3: <laughs> oh, well, that doesn't help.
4: No, no, <laughs> well, not at all.
3: All right. So the same question I asked Rusty, I'm going to ask you. Rusty was able to come up with, with 10 answers. See if you can beat 10. All right? And in 60 seconds, I want you to tell me how many titles did Colin Bunright go?
4: The Damned, The Sixth Gun, uh, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool Illustrated, Deadpool vs. Carnage, um, The Tooth, uh, Sinestro, Magneto, uh, Venom... Uh Deadpool, Deadpool uh, mercs for money. Uh da, 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 da. D- Green Lantern, maybe? I don't remember for sure on that one. Um uh, you
3: know what? yes, I'll give you a green Lantern. <laughs> uh b- 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 b-
4: oh Conan the Slayer. Yes. Um. Revolution Nine, technically eight. is coming, so Revolution. Yep. Yep. I gave you that one. Um, Five,
3: four, three, two, one. Time. Yeah. I'm good. What? Eleven or twelve? Thirteen. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yeah. Thirteen. Uh, All right. But Nova has a chance to steal. He does, and Nova's good at this stuff. So <laughs> yes,
4: he does. I'm a little nervous.
3: <laughs> Let's bring Nova in.
4: He's coming on now. Alright. Nova's on.
3: Nova, are Ooh, you hello. ready? Are you ready, <laughs> man? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Well I'm you gonna ask you this. He beat me. Okay. So I'm oh, gonna no. ask you the same question. And Rusty got ten, Tap got thirteen. So you gotta beat thirteen. Alright? And here it is. In sixty seconds I want you to tell me how many titles uh, was written by Colin Bunn. Go.
2: Um The Damned. Sixth mm-hmm. Gun. Mm-hmm. Uh Conan the Slayer.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh The Empty Man. Yep. Uh Deadpool kill Mm-hmm. Uh Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Knight of the Living Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh Magneto. Mm-hmm. Uncanny X-Men. Yep. Aquaman. Yep. Lobo. Yep. Sinestro. Boom, you're down, 14.
3: Bam. <laughs> yes, that
2: was fourteen and thirty seconds. Told you. I was just, I, I, hey, I no. had his Wikipedia page open for quite oh, a long time today. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, it's not open now. I wasn't looking at it now. <laughs> sure. But, uh, just, right. just throughout the, throughout the, uh, throughout the talks and all the research beforehand, I had a lot of prep time. So, all right. It's just my Batman brain. No, don't worry. I, uh, you know, we got an honor code going here, so. Yeah. But
3: I'm a little hurt. Nobody said Battle Scars. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a few. Maybe I would have gotten
2: to it.
4: There's a few I can't believe that I actually missed. Because uh, we even talked about like Battle Scars we talked about on the interview. X-Men we talked about on the interview. Like We talked about a
1: few yeah. of them on the interview, and I missed them completely. I couldn't think of Damned. I was like their demon. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, uh, no.
3: Rusty had said it's three guns. I'm like, (laughs) like, three and I'm like, six (laughs) gun. Uh, All right, so we will continue on. Uh, Who would like to go first this time for a new question? Uh, I'll
4: go,
2: I guess. All right. I'll go first on the one after. All right, sounds good.
3: All right, right, so here we go. Uh, Is everybody got their – is it just us now?
4: Yes, yes, it is just us.
3: All right, so – in 60 sec, Well, actually, I'm not, gonna- I'm not even going to give you some time here. It's either going to be you know it or you don't know it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you some songs that um, are about superheroes. Hmm. And basically, hmm. I'm going to name the artist, and you tell me what it is, what song they wrote that has a superhero in it. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, as we all know, Sir Paul McCartney, ex-Beatles, when he joined the Wings, he did a song with the Wings about a certain Marvel character. Would you happen to know what that is?
4: Spider-Man.
3: No. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, All right. How about the group Helmet? Helmet happened to do a a, uh, particular superhero. Uh,
4: They were on the Crow soundtrack. Does that count?
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, but they have a particular song that the main title is a superhero. Uh, Superman. No. Okay, well, let's, let's go to somebody a little more also popular. How about Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy Buffett did a song about a particular superhero from Marvel. Did he really? Yes,
4: he did. The only song I know by him is Margaritaville. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man. No. God
3: damn it, right. people. <laughs> yes. Well, there is also the group Man o War. They did a particular song. The main title of the song is another Marvel character.
4: <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying Spider-Man until I get it. Captain America. I don't know.
3: No! Alright, here we go. Laverne Baker, she wrote a song in regards to this DC character. Superman. No. I thought
4: you were gonna ask me like three doors down, Kryptonite.
3: Uh, <laughs> that'd be too easy. Cra- crash Test Dummies Superman song. Uh Okay. How okay, let's okay, we want to go with some heavy metal. Let's talk about Entombed. Entombed at a song about this Marvel character. <laughs>
4: Fuck! I don't know any of these Spider-Man. No. I'm just gonna keep saying Spider-Man. I don't know.
3: Okay. All right. Um, the Traits—they did a song as well for this Marvel character. Spider-Man.
4: Nope. <laughs> It'd help if I know who the hell half these people were. <laughs> All
3: right. How about Suicide? Suicide's main song, or the title of the main song, is another Marvel character.
4: Uh, Magneto. No. Okay, the Ramones. Everybody
3: knows the Ramones. Yeah, did they did a song.
4: Ramones. I didn't know they did a song, but I know who they yes, are. Yes, they
3: did a song, the and main, the main title is Another Marvel Hero. Sp- uh, sounded like you're going to say it. I, I, it. Spider-Man. Yes, Spider-Man! Oh, finally! Woo! All right. Queen. Queen has a song in the main title of Another Hero. Yes.
4: What universe?
3: Um, I'm trying to think what universe he's in now. To tell you the truth. Uh, trying to think, is he in Marvel now or not? This is, this one is goes way back. We're talking um, about like Golden Age.
4: Uh, Submariner.
3: Nah. All right. That and I have one bonus one here for you. All right. Group Guns N' Roses. Okay. All right. Their song "Paradise City" has this Marvel hero talked about in it.
4: Does it really?
3: Yeah. Paradise City, where the grass it's is green, green and the girls, girls are, are pretty. pretty. Oh, won't you yes. really take me home? Somebody's been torn apart. Now he's turned around with a broken heart. Iron Man. No. Ah! All right, that's it. You got one point though. Ah. <laughs> Let's see if anybody can do any better. Hello. Hey. All right. Well, this is a tough one. All right. Extremely I'm not making this one easy. Tough. I'm not making this easy. And Tap only got one out of 11 questions.
1: Wow. Yeah. There's, no,
3: there's, there's no time limit. It's basically you know it or you don't know it. All right. And we're going into music today. All right. As we all know, Sir Paul McCartney with the wings, he did this particular song. And the main title of the song features this Marvel character.
1: <laughs> Wait. Paul McCartney did a character for Wings. Okay. when Paul McCartney from the Beatles, when he left the Beatles, he joined the group The Wings. Right. He wrote a song,
3: and the main title of the song is the name of a Marvel character. Silver Surfer. No. Okay. The group Helmet, they wrote a song with a superhero name in it. Thor. No. <sighs> All right. Jimmy Buffett. He has a song title with this Marvel
1: hero in it. Um, Captain America. Yes. Cool. All
3: right. The group Manowar. The main title of their song has this
1: Marvel hero. Marvel. Um, Namer. No. Dang. All right. Laverne Baker.
3: Back in 1989, she wrote this song featuring this DC character.
1: Uh, Wonder Woman.
3: No. Dang. All right. The group Entombed did this heavy metal song featuring this Marvel character.
1: Heavy metal? Um, doom.
3: No. Ugh. All right. The group The Traits. Their main title of this song features a Marvel
1: hero. A Marvel? Um, how about Beast? No. Okay. All right. The group Suicide.
3: They did a song with this Marvel hero. <laughs>
1: um, suicide? Um, let's go with
3: Thor. No. Don't know. All right. Here's the one that Tap was able to get. Let's see if you can get this one. The group The Ramones.
1: Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Heck yeah.
3: Uh, all right. So the group Queen, they did a song featuring a title with a hero's name in it.
1: It wasn't a DC or a Marvel character?
3: Honestly, I, I don't think they're in either. I think it may have been picked up by Marvel, but we're talking Golden Age.
1: Oh, um, uh, 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 Red Sonja. I don't know. Nah. All right. So, one last bonus question here for
3: you. As we all know, the group Guns N' Roses, the song Paradise City, they take you down where the grass is green, the girls are pretty, but they also mention in the song this Marvel superhero.
1: Wait, really?
3: Yes, really.
1: I don't remember this. Um... Uh...
3: Torn apart, now he's a court jester with a broken heart.
1: Um... Spider-Man.
3: No. All right. You got two points, though. Two. All right. Let's see what Nova can do.
1: Heck, yeah. Beat and tap.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know any. I was
4: expecting, like, three doors down or something. You know, like, the easy ones. That's what I
1: was expecting.
4: Black Sabbath.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I was expecting. Uh, Hey, Nova, are you ready to go? Black Sabbath? What?
4: (laughs) Oh, no, trust me. It has nothing to do with you, Uh, you. You hope it does, but it doesn't. So
3: I got a bunch of music questions for you. Tap was able to get one. Rusty was able to get two. So you have to beat two.
2: Music. Music. And Black Sabbath has nothing to do with it?
3: Exactly. (laughs) All right. So there's no time limit. It's basically you know it or you don't. And I'm (laughs) going to list off an artist or a group. And you just have to tell me what superhero um, we're talking about that the song title is. For instance, your first question is Sir Paul McCartney. Ex-beetle, when he joined the Wings, he he wrote this particular song that features a Marvel character. Main title of the song:
2: Spider-Man.
3: No, he wrote Magneto and Titanium Man.
2: Really? Yes. That sounds, that's the name. Uh, that's
3: the name of the song. All right, like the group Helmet. They feature this hero as the main title of their song.
2: Helmet. Um. MODOK.
3: No, Gigantor.
2: (laughs) Oh, I would have literally never guessed it.
3: Yes. Well, here is one that uh, Rusty was able to guess um, with Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett had a main title with a superhero from
2: Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Wait. Uh, Captain America. Yes, Captain
3: America. Yes, it's called Captain America. We love you.
2: Oh, all right. Do we do.
3: Yes. Now the group Manowar they did this song with the main title being that of a Marvel hero.
2: Manowar. It sounds like a like a metal band. Yeah. And metal band's only rock Thor. So yes, go Thor! With
0: Thor. You got it.
2: Really? Oh, oh, man, yes. Thor's so, Thor like a recurring theme in metal. Yeah, yes, so. it
3: is actually.
2: All right, so Laverne
3: Baker, she wrote in 1989 this song that features a DC hero. Green Lantern. No, he did, she did, Batman to the Rescue. Oh. All right, Heavy Metal again. The group Entombed did this song on the main title.
2: Oh, Wolverine. Yes. Wolverine Blues, yes, I love Entombed. Wolverine Blues,
3: yes. Oh,
2: man. Uh, All
3: right, the group The Traits. They put together this song featuring this Marvel hero.
2: Marvel hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing.
3: No, actually it is Nobody Loves the Hulk.
2: Oh, close.
3: Yeah. All right. The group Suicide. The main title of this song features a Marvel character.
1: Hmm.
2: Luke Cage.
3: how about Ghost Rider oh nice alright here is one that both Tap and Rusty were able to get the group the Ramones
2: oh Spider-Man
3: Spider-Man yes alright and the group Queen they did a song featuring this golden age hero
2: golden age hero wait Queen yes Queen Uh, didn't they write the, was it Flash Gordon theme song? Yes, Flash Gordon. Really? Really. Oh, no kidding.
1: Yes. Running away with
2: it.
3: All right. And the last question I had for everybody tonight was this one. As we all know, the group Guns N' Roses did the song Paradise City. And in the song Paradise City, they mention the name of a Marvel superhero. And nobody was able to get this one. Iron Man? No. Captain America. And in the, the, the line, it goes, Captain America's been torn apart. Now he's a court jester with a broken heart.
2: Uh, I think it's probably because I changed the radio station whenever I hear that song. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm so All right, sick well, Too many
3: times. Well, in that round, we had Tap with one, Rusty with two, and Nova with five out of 11.
1: I figured he was going to win that one, to be quite honest. Oh, Tap, God. you are just sucking it up today on this uh, Battle of the Geeks, and usually you're the one dominating everybody.
4: sucking it up. I did excellent on the first <laughs> question, all right? This question, I didn't do so hot. First question, I did good. I lost, <laughs> but I did good.
3: Well, actually, Tap, this ne- the next round we have coming up is going to be one that I think the three of you are going to be fighting really well for. Ooh. Yes. Here we are for round three, and... Nova, are you ready? I am green. green you are for green. Go. That green is for good. Go. Yeah. <laughs> well, simple. I uh, just want no time limit on this. Basically, I just want you to go through here and make me a list of all the superhero movies that you know will be coming out between
2: now and 2020. Okay. Go. Um, Wonder Woman. Yep. Uh, Justice League Part 1. Yep. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Justice League Part Two. Yeah. Um The Flash. Yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. Um, I believe uh I wanna say the Batman solo movie. Yes. There will be a Bloodshot movie from Valiant. Uh-huh. Yep, that's right. Um and uh, Infinity Gauntlet, Part 1, mm-hmm. and Part 2. Yeah. maybe may be wrong with Part 2. Part uh, 2 falls into
3: the 2020.
2: I believe in Humans comes out before 2020. Maybe wrong. I don't uh, see it on the list. Fair enough. Yeah, I may be wrong with that. Um, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Yep, Volume 2, correct. That's what it's called, yeah. Um, and, huh, (laughs) there's no, uh, Wolverine, the, the unnamed, untitled Wolverine movie, and, yep, uh, rumored to be Old Man Logan, um, damn, there's, uh, there's a, that massive list people post all the time, I
0: know,
2: I'll say, I'll say Aquaman as well, last, correct,
3: yes, Aquaman, July 27th of 2018, awesome, all right, that's pretty good. You're up to 16. I don't know if anybody can Ooh. get that many.
2: You're pretty good at this one. I got the value, so. <laughs> yes,
3: exactly. It's
2: a big one. All, uh, right. big... All right. Calls a Okay, Taps feasting on his little birthday cake, so we got Rusty yeah. here.
3: Rusty. Rusty. Hey. Rusty, Rusty, Rusty. You've got some work cut out for you, my man. Do I? Yes. Sorry, dude. Nova got 16. Holy snap. Yes. Simply, I'm going to ask you this Easy question. What superhero movies are coming out between now and 2020?
1: That's, a, that's easy. Okay. Uh, Deadpool Tool, 2, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Avengers Infinity War 1, Avengers Infinity War 2, Black Panther, Gambit, uh, Justice League, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. Aquaman. We have uh, – I already said Black Panther and I already said Gambit. We have uh, Green Lantern. I don't know if it's 2020, but it might be 2022. That, that, that's after 2020.
3: Okay. No, uh, oh, no, 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 no.
1: July 24th, 2020.
3: I'm sorry. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh... Yeah. So Green Lantern. We also have Captain Marvel. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be an X untitled X-Men movie. There's I will also... give that to you. There
3: is. There is one. An untitled okay.
1: X-Men. There is Spider-Man by Marvel. There's possibly a bloodshot by Sony yeah there's also um gonna be a venom possibly by sony because they still have the rights to it possibly Um,
2: counting i mean
1: they've announced that they're gonna make it they just haven't announced a production date or anything for it they also have batman the batman with brad pitt by himself he's pretty he already wrote the script for his own spawn is already written the script for his own so that's gonna come out don't count uh, the batman that was beyond 2020 okay The Batman Uh, movie will not exist either, Red Skull. I mean... Okay, they also have X-Force. I forgot about that. Um, They are going to have... What else? How long is this? That's it. I I think we're
3: wrapping it up here. Yeah. Yep. How many was that? You guys are tied
2: at 16. Oh! Damn. I can't believe you got bloodshot. I'm so surprised. I'm shocked.
1: I like what I, 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 it's a character I'm interested in anyway.
2: You should read the books, man. All I, right.
1: I
3: think we need to get Tap on here, see what he can do.
2: Birthday boy. Stop eating your cake, man. How's that cake, Tap? Muted. It's Reese's peanut butter. It's amazing. Oh, shoot. That sounds great. All right.
3: Yeah, white will it. What up? You've got your work cut out for you, because right now, Nova and Rusty are both tied at 16 points. What the s***?
4: Okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Real simple. List. Give me a list of all the superhero movies coming out between now and 2020.
4: All right, now hang on. Does this mean, like that's like in project like a script's been written but nothing's actually happening or is this, this is like like what do you mean i don't know if he counted
1: mine there's
2: some not. there's some pure speculation on rusty's side that's all i'm gonna say
1: <laughs> well did i could have got more if that was the case let's put it that yeah. way let's
2: say ones that have
1: already have dates established okay so. Oh, I just thought of a... Dang, I could I could beat Nova. If he doesn't beat the There's him, a lot, man. You Nova. you miss a, a
2: lot, Rusty. Yeah. You
1: miss All, all right. This. You're giving him too much time anyway. to think.
2: Okay, tap go.
1: Uh,
4: Avengers Infinity War 1, Avengers Infinity War 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, there's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Gambit, Doctor Strange, Suicide Squad, Batman, Justice League, Wonder Woman, uh uh, the Flash. Um, yes. There's, I think there's talks of a cyborg one, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, so is that a
3: yes or no on cyborg?
4: Green Lanterns. Batman Killing Joke. Spider-Man You're Homecoming. Coming animated? Spider-Man Homecoming. It's a comic book movie. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, animated? Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther.
3: i said Black Panther twice, I think, here.
4: Um, mm-hmm. Aquaman. Yep. Time's running out. Uh, Superman. I don't know. Ant Man two. Ant Man two and the yes. Wasp. Deadpool two. I don't know if I said that. Um, nope. X Force. Another X Men movie. I'm sure at some point.
3: Okay. Is, is that is that a definite yes or no on the X Men movie?
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say yes.
2: Okay. You got it.
1: Seventeen.
2: <laughs> What is that? Just like, yeah, next oh, movie I'm sure is going to come out at some he point. He says, like, killing like, a like
1: joke, and I'm just like,
2: are we doing and animated? Rusty, Rusty said Batman with Brad Pitt, and Red counted it.
1: Uncanny. I know. Well, there, is a bat, there
2: is a Batman, but it wasn't. with yeah. Brad Pitt, though. That, that was Brad Pitt.
3: The
1: that Brad Pitt has a it's script ba- for it ben already. Ben it's ben Affleck. Affleck. Ben, Affleck. Affleck. ben Affleck. Not Brad Pitt. I was like, Spawn has a script already? Yes, oh, yeah,
3: Spider-Man
2: Thor, with Thor Matthew 3. McConaughey.
1: Forget Thor
3: three. <laughs> yeah, so you have, I, I said so, Thor. Yeah. Yeah. So some okay. of the ones, some of the big ones out there. We got Wolverine. Yeah, the one
1: I thought of Old after the fact.
3: Um, Ghost in the Shell, Guardians of the Galaxy two, Wonder Woman, Kingsman, Spider-Man, Homecoming, uh, Thor, Justice League Part one, Bloodshot, Black Panther, The Flash, Avengers: Infinity War Part one, Part two, Ant-Man. Um, uh, let's see: Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Shazam. Nobody got
1: Shazam. Really? Yeah.
4: Yes. Rocks, the,
3: that's gonna be so co- cool. No, he's in,
4: Black the Adam. The Black Adam. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Cyborg, Green Lantern, corpse. Uh, of course, the Batman, Deadpool, Gambit, Inhumans, Fantastic Four, two. Oh,
1: I forgot about Inhumans. I forgot humans.
2: <laughs> I said in. Oh, did you? Oh, did I say Inhumans that you didn't count it, or was that counted?
1: Oh, yeah, I
3: count. I counted it, okay, but uh, I think the other guys didn't think get it. Fair enough. All right, so Tab got that round. All fair enough, right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so are you ready for the next? Mm,
1: mm, all right, oh, other we're still one. Going? Okay, who's gonna go first? I'll go first. We've already gone all the way through now. I think all
3: right, this is enough.
1: part four. All right. All right. All right. Are you are you ready, Rusty? I guess I'm as ready as I guess I'll ever be. All right, I'm just pulling up my stopwatch
3: right here. All right, in 60 seconds, I want you to name all the 94 different comic book series that have been available to buy in 1964.
1: Go. Okay. Um, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man. Amazing Fantasy. Spider-Man. Um, uh, Strange Tales. Um, is that right? That's right, right. Strange Tales. Okay. Um, uh, Superman. Detective uh, Detective Comics uh batman um nope not batman okay not batman uh wonder woman um uh, what else was in 64 Um uh, x-men uh, uh x-men goodness. avengers um maybe I want to rename that one uncanny x-men yes there you go uncanny, okay. uncanny x-men oh well, no they didn't assume the uncanny title till later on so yes. it's x-men um avengers um uh, captain america um marvel team up because they had like submariner iron man and stuff um iron man uh thor um no no not thor okay um oh, nor iron man um nor captain america i thought captain america was 1964 um zo's came out in and- ama- i said amazing fantasy uh weird weird tales uh uh aquaman um no aquaman there was no aquaman, no aquaman. um what else was there this is hard it holy is. snap um there wasn't any shazam at the time um, time. no, um, what else was there? Uh, Justice League or Jimmy Olsen. So Jimmy Olsen at this time. Oh, time is up.
3: What? And no Jimmy Olsen, but you got seven. Seven. Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: All right, All right. Let's bring
3: another guy in.
1: Here comes the Nova. Nova. This one's hard, man. one's okay. hard, really.
3: Yeah. Rusty only got seven. Let's see what you can do. Okay. <laughs> So what you got to do is in 60 seconds, name any of the 94 comic book series that had been available to buy in
2: 1964.
3: 94? 64. 1964. 1960. There's 94, 94 comics. of them? Wow. Only 94 comics. What can I start?
2: And hold on here. Uh, and start. Well, Fantastic Four. Yes. Uh, Avengers. Yep. Amazing Spider-Man. Journey into Mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, Tales to Astonish? Ooh. uh, Yes, Tales to Astonish. Uncanny X-Men? Yep. Um, I know Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. Yes,
0: go! Uh, Oh,
1: man!
2: Tales Tales of Suspense. Yes. Um, I think Detective Comics. Yes. It had to be, yeah. Um, Did I say Tales to Astonish? Yes, you did. Yeah. Um What's another Daredevil? Um No. 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 Uh Braven the Bold? Uh, nope. Strange Tales. You said Strange Tales. Yes. Did I? Uh, uh And you... time is up.
1: It's like 8 All right. 9 9 <laughs> 9. Good job. Nine. Yes. The tales of Spence. I didn't get that one. I didn't get Nick See, Gear. that's where you're getting uh, confused
3: um, because Tales of Spence is where you had yes. Captain America and Iron Man.
1: That's what I was trying to yep. – I couldn't think of it. I kept yep. thinking Marvel Team-Up because I was like Iron Man and Submariner, and that's not what it was. I'm just, I think, they had a yeah. bunch of tales of crap going yeah. on. Yeah, that, that was my issue. I couldn't think of all the names for it. All right. Let's see what Tap can do.
2: That's hard, man.
1: That is yeah.
2: so hard. I can't believe Detective Comics wasn't being published.
3: What? No, Detective was. I said Detective was. Oh, it was? It was, it was, oh, a different
1: it was? You said Daredevil. You're asking Daredevil. Hey, oh. wait a minute. Tap, are you on here? Yeah. It yeah, he is. Okay, you can't use any of those two. What? Did you hear what I just, we just said?
4: All I know is something about Detective and Daredevil. That's all I know.
1: Okay.
3: All right. Well, you have Whatever. 60 seconds, okay? Rusty got seven. Nova got nine. Don't worry, I'll fail anyway. All right. Well, you don't know.
2: It's pretty easy here.
1: No, it's not. It is hard.
2: It's <laughs> hard, man. Like okay. you gotta, you gotta think. You gotta think. Name. All right. So what you gotta do
3: in sixty seconds is name any of the ninety-four comic series that had been available to buy in nineteen sixty-four. Start.
4: X-Men, Avengers. Detective Um, Comics, (laughs) Uh, Action Comics, Um, Spider Man, or Amazing Spider Man. Um, Amazing Spider Man. Fantastic Four. Uh huh. Um, I said I said X Men, right? Uncanny X Men. Yeah, Uncanny. Okay. Um. Thor.
3: Nope.
4: Submariner.
3: Um.
4: Um. Nope. Nope.
3: No Submariner.
4: What the shit? Uh Captain America.
3: Nope.
4: Fuck. Uh Aquaman. Yes. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Yes. Uh Superman.
3: I said action oh, comics. Time is know. up. Time is up. Alright. All right. Well, you got eight.
4: Oh well it's better than I assumed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Nova Damn got you. a few for that round. All right, so some of the titles that came out uh, in 1964 were Action Comics, Adventure Comics, Adventures of Bob Hope, Adventures of the Fly, Alvin, Amazing Spider-Man, Archie. It, had Archie. titles. Damn the, yep, it! The Avengers, Baby Hugh and Papa, Battlefield Action, Black Hawk, Bob Moran had uh, two different things. Um, Boris Korloff, Tales of Mystery, Classic Illustrator Jr., Detective Comics, Donald Duck, Falling in Love, Fantastic Four... Uh, fighting army—the Flintstones, the Fox and the Crow, the Friendly Ghost Casper, Ghost Stories, uh, Green Lantern, (coughs) Uh, the Jetsons, Journey into Mystery. Uh, That's probably where you're thinking Thor at the time. Uh, Let's see some of the other bigger names here: Uh, Little Dot, uh, my favorite Martian, Nurse Betty Crane, Navy War Heroes, our Army at War, our Fighting Forces. Uh Richie Rich had stif- two different series. Of course, Sergeant Fury. Uh, I
4: almost said Fury, and I said no, yeah. that's not gonna be one. Fury and the
3: Howling Command Commander. Yeah, I almost classic. said that.
4: Yep. That was Str- a- yep. Great
3: Strange Adventures, Strange Tales, Submarine Attack, Superboy, Tales of Suspense, Tells to Astonish, Tex, Top Top Cap, Three Nurses, uh, Two Gun Kid. Uncanny X-Men, Unusual Tales. The Victor had four different series, <laughs> Well, Disney had three different series and Wonder Woman.
2: Oh, uh, wow. All
3: right. So we have one more round to go. Single one round. One more. Nova uh, is leading. He's gotten three so far today. Tap has got one. So, uh, Rusty, are you going to do it?
2: you want to go first, I Rusty? Don't.
1: I guess I'll go first again. All right. All right. So is it just us? Are we ready? Yep, it's just us.
3: All right. So there's no time. I'm going to list 20 different actors. Um, But to give you kind of an idea, what what I have in mind here is think of Superman, okay? As we all know, George Reeves played Superman, but he almost didn't play him. He was originally cast to be Sylvester Stallone. And Sylvester Stallone got kicked out of the project because of Marlon Brando having uh, casting approval, which was a great idea. I'm glad we got Christopher Reeve in the end. But there were several actors who almost played Spider-Man over the years. So I'm going to list off 20 actors, and you tell me yes or no if you think that they almost played Spider-Man or not. Because, okay. you know— we're going after Spider-Man 300. we got to go back to Spider-Man questions. Right. So, all right. I'm going to list you some 20. You tell me yes or no and see if you get some points. Okay. All right. So let's see here. First off, Mel Gibson. Yes. No. <laughs> um, let's see. Jack Nicholson.
1: No. Correct.
3: Uh, let's see. James Franco. Yes correct uh hugo weaving yes no okay uh tom hanks no correct that is a no all right tom cruise yes correct uh, al pacino no correct um, charlie sheen <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> that is actually you're wrong he almost did what that's weird yes charlie she almost did how about brad pitt yes no actually he that was never a choice um sean penn yes no Man. leonardo dicaprio
1: yes
3: correct cool um kurt russell no correct daniel craig no correct Freddie Prince Jr. Yes, correct. Uh, let's see here. Kevin Bacon. No, correct. Um, Woody Allen. No, correct. Uh, Patrick Swayze.
1: I wish,
3: but no, <laughs> correct. Um, Johnny Depp. Yes. No. Okay. All right. Mark Wahlberg. Yes incorrect dang that would have been a good one too i would have liked yeah that. it would have been and
1: to wrap it up um michael jackson he wanted to be but they said no
3: correct all right so you got 1 2 3 4 8
1: 11 12 13
3: yes oh yeah all right let me mark that down here let's bring somebody else on see what they can do
1: all right i feel confident in this one Yeah. All right, Tap is... What up, what up?
3: All right, Tap, you got your work cut out because Rusty actually got 13 out of 20.
1: Holy shit. All right. Well, I feel confident in this.
3: Yes. All right. So as I told uh, Rusty, you know, think Superman and how uh, we had Christopher Reeves, but we almost didn't have Christopher Reeves. Sylvester Stallone was originally uh, cast to play... Superman, But uh, as we know, Marlon Brando rejected it, and we got Christopher Reeves instead. But since we're fighting for that Spider-Man comic book, let's talk about actors that almost became Spider-Man. All right. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm going to list you a, n- a name of 20 actors, and you just have to simply say yes or no if they almost became Spider-Man or
4: not. So, Rusty, how much of this did you know after this
1: was a guessing game? Um, I actually <laughs> knew a few of these. I was pretty specific with a few um, but, but, uh, a few of them, it was just like, uh, there's no way. Yeah, so yeah. You, you'll have your work cut out. You'll see.
3: All right. All right. So let's start off with, um, Prince, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yes or no? Yes. Correct. Uh, Mel Gibson.
4: Hmm. Yes.
3: Wrong. Oh, uh, um, Jack Nicholson. No. Correct. Patrick Swayze? No. Correct. Uh, James Franco? Yes. Correct. Uh, Hugo Weaving? No. Correct. Uh, Kevin Bacon? No. Correct. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. Correct. Uh, Tom Hanks? No. Correct. Johnny Depp? No. Correct. Mark Wahlberg? Yes. Wrong.
4: Uh he was supposed to play the crow. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> How about Kurt Russell? No. Correct. Daniel Craig. No. Correct. Tom Cruise. No. God no. Uh actually he almost did. Are you serious? Yes. Uh, um, Sean
4: Who yeah, are you? Sean Penn. Uh Sean Penn. Uh, no
3: correct um brad pitt yes Cor- uh incorrect
4: ah I supposed to play he-man at one point
3: yeah um how about al pacino no correct um charlie sheen no ah uh, he almost did oh. all right um let's see that leaves us- michael jackson
4: yes because he wanted to fund it himself
3: that is correct and i you, that's all 20 of them you got total 1 2 3 4 5
1: 6 14. 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 14 yeah you beat me one that was the one though that michael jackson one i was like yeah he does yeah. <laughs> and he wanted
4: to fund it that's why i remember yep. that yeah. one he like bought all the right. rights for it from marvel so like, he could yep. do it
3: yeah 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 wouldn't that have been scary <laughs> Ooh. Nova.
4: Nova. <laughs> oh, I feel good. No. I knew that I would now.
3: Nova. Alright, you got your work cut out for you. Rusty got thirteen out of twenty. Tap got fourteen out of twenty. Let's see what you can do. Oh shit. There's no time limit. It's a simple yes or no. But to give you an idea of what we're doing here, uh, as I told the other two guys and as our listeners are here for the third time, uh, Sylvester Stallone was uh, originally cast to play part of Superman. But Marlon Brando shot it down because he had casting approval and said we got Christopher Reeves. Well, we've had several actors that almost played Spider-Man over the years. And I'm going to list off 20 actors and you have to simply tell me yes or no if they almost um, landed the role of Spider-Man. Because after like I said, we're fighting for that Spider-Man comic. We gotta get back to that Spider-Man questions. Fair enough. Alright, so I'm gonna list some names. You just tell me yes or no. Alright, uh let's see here. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Correct. Um James Franco. Yeah? Correct. Uh Mel Gibson. No, please. <laughs> Correct. Oh. Um Let's see. Jack Nicholson. No. Correct. Uh, Patrick Swayze.
2: Mm, no. Correct.
3: <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> no. Correct. Michael Jackson. You want to fund a movie? <laughs> Correct.
2: He wanted to make his own.
3: Yes. All right. Hugo Weaving. No. Correct. Uh, Tom Hanks. No. What? <laughs> no. Johnny Depp. Uh, no. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, you're correct, by the way. Yes. No. No. It's All too right. Short. Yes, yes. Kurt Russell. No. Correct. Uh, Tom Cruise. No. Oh, you're wrong on that one. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, Let's Lord. See. What do we got here? Uh, Daniel Craig. No. Correct. Uh, Sean Penn. No. Correct. Brad Pitt. No. Correct. Um, Al Pacino. No. (laughs) Correct. Uh, Woody Allen. Uh, No. Correct. And let's see what else we got here. Oh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio.
2: To play Spider-Man? Yeah, why not? Correct. Let's give him, let's give him the roll. You, you got imagine? 18. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, I, for, I, for, oh, I think I forgot one here. Charlie Sheen. No. Oh, incorrect. Well, you're at 18. <laughs> you Sheen got
2: 18 off- out of Char- 20. I was you messed eight. up on Charlie Sheen?
1: I was picturing it, man. I can't picture winning as, as Tiger <laughs> Blood. Okay, you know what was funny is I noticed this with everyone because I even said it. He goes Patrick Schway and I like paused and I was just like I can see Patrick Schweizy <laughs> doing you. it. And then and but the Mark thing Webber. was he said it and both of y'all paused too. Like he says Patrick Schwazy and then y'all are like I'm like Dirty Dan? <laughs> no. <laughs>
4: Spider-Man, he of it. We
1: all considered Patrick Swayze though, and you all considered Mark Wahlberg too. Yes, yeah. we
2: did. But then I'm, I thought I'm like, he's way too short, man. The guy's like
1: a midget. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Swayze crazy, man. Spider-Man's and go Man's over here and roundhouse guy, kick everybody.
2: Oh man, I could see Wahlberg do like a, a
1: an Eddie Brock pre venom, and then the venom yeah. like CGI makes it
2: like huge.
1: You know, okay, yeah. he would have to be. <laughs> From uh, like below, they had to film up the whole time. Mark Wahlberg oh, yeah. was going to be the crow. Mm hmm.
4: I'm really glad he jealous. wasn't the crow. They haven't done anything with that. Then they cast uh, the kid, the guy from uh, Immortals, <laughs> and nothing's come of it since.
2: Red, there is no predicting to your. You can't prepare. There's
3: no, way,
1: there's no way for you to prepare. I don't understand. You got eighteen out of twenty. Yeah, Nova. when I ju- it was just when literally I... all I did was picture. Can I see DiCaprio being Spider-Man? That was maybe yes. Nova should be a a director, a caster over here. <laughs> I should. But,
0: yeah, really. Yeah, I'll
4: have you know, when I jumped on, I... Rusty was cocky as hell. <laughs> he's like, he's like, down, he's like, he's like, I, I don't got thirteen. He's like, I'm feeling pretty good about this one. And then I got fourteen, and he's like, Ah, oh, what the crap? And then you came in and just blew it all away.
2: But, but there's, like, me, like
1: Mel Gibson. He's never... No, <laughs> there's no way. He and Tat both said yes to Mel Gibson. Okay? <laughs> we, he and Tat both considered Mel Gibson. Based on Toby Maguire and whoever the other newer
2: kid was, Andrew Garfield. Okay, think of... It's like there's like, no way they...
1: Okay,
4: think of, like, 1985, yeah, Mel Gibson. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, was that's thinking what I like wasn't I. was thinking
2: that. That's the thing. I was comparing it to who was actually chosen to be Spider-Man, and it well, sort that's of the came thing. Like I was
4: it. thinking of, like, the nineteen Spider-Man <sighs> TV show that used to be on sci and it was, like, really horrible and corny. So I was thinking, like, okay, if they're going to do a Spider-Man movie back in, like, the 80s or early 90s, would Patrick Swayze, Mark Wahlberg, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, or not Mark Wahlberg, but... Uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson right cuz that yeah. was back in Mel Gibson was Mad
1: Max. I mean and it's something with impossible. like Catch and like Dirty Dancing, Ghost and uh, Roadhouse and Spider-Man. I, that's the thing and yeah. I was thinking
2: I was thinking who got chosen? Toby Maguire so they had to choose someone like that. Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. they had to choose someone like that, not Mad Max.
4: But look but, at the 1992 Captain, I mean, you did good, good job, but look at, like, the yeah. 1990 Captain America. Okay, look at that Yeah, I was
2: wrong from the get-go,
4: though. That's what I'm saying, like, <laughs> that's why I kept thinking back to, like, the 80s. I'm like, would they have made a Spider-Man movie in the 80s? I mean, they yeah. made the Doctor Strange movie in, like, 78 or whatever it was. Yeah, They did true. a Justice League movie that never came to light in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. We almost had a Nicolas Cage Superman.
2: Let's that put it that true. way. But we we got the Ghost Rider instead, so you pick your vict- oh. you pick your losses where they are. Damn, which apparently, would have been worse for Superman? Nicholas is or... a documentary there where is. Tim Burton's like, This is or the best fucking Kevin movie Smith. ever not, like, not created. Yeah, it's, oh, a, yeah
4: <laughs> it's a. Yeah, there's a documentary called The Greatest Movie Never. What, it's like a super lengthy name.
2: <laughs> Something like that, yeah. It's the, it's greatest, the greatest movie, movie, movie never, never made.
4: made. It's like that. And like oh, they Lord. have interviews with Tim Burton, Kevin Smith. Uh, I've seen the documentary. It is fantastic. Craziest Did thing. you believe?
2: Did is you believe? That-
1: no, the craziest thing about the documentary too is they talk about how, um, they were gonna cast Brad Pitt as Batman back then and they were gonna do like a cameo for in of him as Batman in the
2: Superman movie. Did they show like footage of the movie that was shot? Before they realize it's not happening, no, because I don't think they ever started filming. um
4: They did like they showed they made, the, I, they they made sho- the
2: costume though.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they showed that. They showed like the costume fitting and him trying on the costume and stuff like that. But as far as like actual filming of the movie, it never came to light because and
2: this was the this producer, was Nicholas Cage with them. Go on with
4: the mullet, yeah. Sorry. The producer, yeah. yeah. The producer. <laughs> um, I can't remember his name. He's like an old hairstylist turned producer. And John Peters, is that his name? He's... John Waters? No, not John Waters. I think it's John Peters. He's fucking nuts. Um, Kevin Smith makes fun of him all the time. Uh, because when they ask Kevin Smith to do... Uh, b- back before Superman Returns was made, they asked Kevin Smith to direct a Superman movie. And he goes, yeah, I would do Brainiac, and I would bring in this, that, and the other. And the producer, I think it's John Peters, he goes... Like, you're insane. I want to bring in a big giant robot and I with like a spider robot and blah 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 blah. And then he, so the movie never came to light. He goes, however, he was also the same executive producer on Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Yep. He goes, and what was the main villain? A giant fucking spider. <laughs> He's like, he got his giant spider. <laughs> he wanted Superman to fight polar bears. Not Kevin yep. Smith, John Peters. Oh. He wanted Superman to fight polar bears
2: yeah kevin smith has talked about it a lot he'd they they contacted him to write the movie and he said listen there's guys like mike carlin who have been editing and writing superman for like decades now contact them and they said no you know they're comic book writers they don't know what it's like to write a movie and here they are pitching ideas like what you said tap where it's like what is that (laughs) like no that would never happen
1: (laughs) Brutal, brutal. It's like, do you really want Superman to fight a polar bear? Do you want to see an obliterated polar bear on screen? They're still
2: doing it because, like, non-comic book writers wrote Batman versus Superman or Man of Steel, whatever you know, whatever people complain about now, which is uh, something that needs to change because comic book writers make money, so um, hire them to write comic book movies anyway. Of
3: course. Uh, All right, um. gentlemen. Well, this has been fun. It's time to wrap up. Our Battle of the Geeks. Don't forget, next uh, time we're on, we're going to have a guest on the show who's going to be listening to your guys' sp- um, best Spider-Man story. That's
4: awesome. going to be like a one-page, Rusty. Don't go ape. One page. Oh, I'm
3: going to oh, write a 30-page oh, page
1: full-length script for... <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Man, yeah. I've got
2: a huge, like, epic written here. All right.
4: gotta condense it to
2: one i guess you guys have to wait until next week to figure out what is going on what's up guys it's time for that part of the month where I, i i say random things that you guys consider fun facts no, I'm kidding. These are actual fun facts. These are f- facts. You know, if you look them up, if you Google them, as much as you may despise Google, Google tells the truth when it comes to these things. Um, I'm going to talk about my favorite dude. My dude. When, when I want to read a comic that I love, I run to this name. His name is Grant Morrison. So Grant Morrison is... Um, how do you say a... He's eccentric. Okay. <laughs> he's eccentric, to say the least. Um, he's a dude who has used psychedelics in his past. But to say, to start off um, with fun facts anyway, I figured I'd focus the fun facts section on Grant Morrison because he's such a fun character. Um, so one fun fact about this guy is he actually grew up in Glasgow, Scotland. And during his childhood, he actually lived within one mile of a nuclear bomb brought by the U.S., and his dad was a pacifist who actively tried to fight this bomb, and that basically shaped Grant Morrison's childhood um, because the Americans brought this bomb over, but they also brought Superman over. They brought Spider-Man So it was like, you know, Superman can, he can withstand a nuclear explosion. He can walk away from it. He can walk away smiling from it, thinking, I saved lives by taking this bomb away from here. And that was what sort of inspired Graham Morrison's writing for Superman. And to think that decades from now, we'd get uh, a Superman story known as All-Star Superman where there's a monumental scene where Superman comes to a girl named Reagan who is committing suicide on a building, and he tells her, you know what? You're stronger than you think. Believe me. And that scene alone, if you look at it, has saved many people. Um, and to think that Superman was a character that saved Grant Morrison's life, it, uh, it speaks volumes. But anyway... Um, as Grant Morrison sort of moved along, and moved along in his career, he was working for. I think uh, I remember once he said in an interview that he sent uh, a sketch to Marvel uh, of Conan, and they replied to him saying, "Your Conan looks malnourished." <laughs> Because uh, his art at the time, while it was muscular, it was sort of extremely malnourished It sort of looked like him at the time, which I thought was funny. Um, it was sort of, you know, what's really interesting about Grant Morrison is before he pitches any comic, he draws it himself. He has literally drawn out every comic that he has ever written, and no one has seen it. Um, he refuses. I think it was Todd McFarlane who told him, um, "I will pay you millions of dollars to let me print this stuff." And Grant Morrison denied him. outright. So Grant Morrison literally had journals of content of his drawings, um, of his storylines before they're actually drawn by Howard Porter, Whitley, um, Sean Murphy, stuff like you know huge guys like that he has notebooks full of drawings that he drew himself about what he figured each panel would be now um tap you've mentioned recently that you've been reading earlier jla issues
4: yes 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 i
2: have and you're reading the goddamn best one of the best arcs of jla Known as Rock of Ages. I'm not going
4: to ruin it for you. Yep, I just started that arc.
2: I'm not going to ruin it for you, but... Oh my god. Um, Yeah, so Grant Morrison drew all of that. Every single issue you've read, most likely Howard Porter uh, borrowed from Morrison's drawings. Um, That is... ah, It's such a good arc. Um... (laughs) But yeah, um another great thing, another fun fact about Morrison is until I wanna say the end of JLA, he hadn't taken any psychedelics. So you may be reading his JLA and thinking, Man, this stuff is like funky, you know, like who would think of this stuff? And reading Batman Arkham Asylum, the original graphic novel, like that thing's really really messed up. I mean sort of characters they dive into it doesn't seem like the sort of, you know, regular mental thought of a regular human being but Grant Morrison actually while he was writing Batman Arkham Asylum deprived himself of sleep Um, while he was writing JLA um, I remember when he said, when he was writing The Flash, he said you know, the best way to the best way to channel the God of Speed, who is Hermes, I believe. That's right?
4: Yes. Hermes?
2: Yeah. The best way to, God, uh, to channel the God of Speed is Red Bull, reading the Flash, and watching shows that are fast-forwarded. So if you're doing those three <laughs> things, you are literally channing, channeling the God of Speed. If you believe in it. If you believe in it. And that is how he wrote his Flash arc. And that Flash arc had the Black Flash in it with Mark Miller the flash of death as it were and you know after that Grant Morrison just got a bit more crazy he said that he once um, traveled um, there was the temple of Kathmandu 365 stairs in one breath one inhalation and you got to the top you would reach enlightenment. So Grant Morrison and his buddy decided, yeah, we do this, we're young, we can do this. 365 steps in one breath, no big deal. So they went up it, and the night after, Grant Morrison was in his room, and he claims on his life that this was not a hallucination, he was not on drugs, no psychedelics, but he saw purple, no, silver blobs coming out of his walls and ceilings, and they asked him, where do you want to go? And he said, Alpha Centauri, I want to go there. So they took him there, and he basically saw lines of grids um, going up horizontally, vertically, and they basically told him, our children are time. So we create a child, we give it time, And it creates a universe. And in that universe, we create human beings and choices. We inform choices. We create lives and we create freedom. And basically they told him, Go back to your world and tell them as much as you can about us. And it is just so surreal. It sounds like it sounds like BS. You hear me saying it, it sounds like nonsense. You hear him saying it in his Scottish accent, and it sounds like religion.
4: <laughs> the Scottish Dude, accent sets it off.
2: It, it really does, and Grant Morrison is just, he is, he's written my favorite stories. He has created my favorite characters. And he took Animal Man to a level where I'll never look at Animal Man the same way. So that's why I'm talking about him in the creator's corner, because he is special. Grant Morrison is a writer who writes about characters you don't care about. You really don't. Who cares about the champion, Zatanna, the demon Etrigan? Who cares about them? No one does, but in The Seven Soldiers of Victory, he wrote about them. Animal Man, who cares about him? No one does until Grant Morrison writes about him in his Animal Man run. The Doom Patrol, no one cares about them until Grant Morrison writes about them. The JLA didn't actually consist of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, and Green Lantern until Grant Morrison said, this needs to be the team. Before that, it was Guy Gardner, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Hawkman. (laughs) It was until Grant Morrison said, this is the team that needs to exist, that it did exist. And that's the JLA we know now. It's been 20 years since Grant Morrison said, this is the Justice League. End of discussion. It's been so since then. Anyway, that's my, uh, that's my rant. Um, if you don't know by now, I... I this is an 18-minus pause, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I would kiss Grant Morrison.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'd kiss him on the mouth. I love that, man.
2: I love that, man. Go read Joe Barbarian. It'll change your life. I mean, I've been ranting on about fun facts. I've been saying fun facts after fun facts about Grant Morrison, too. Seriously, think about it. The dude visited Alpha Centauri he did it.
3: He took the journey. I don't know, awesome. know how we could Ed, put on to what you just said. I mean, you gave a really great uh, biography of him Thank and you. all the fun and interesting stuff about him.
2: Anyway.
4: And don't forget, Nova will kiss him on the lips.
2: Literally. <laughs> Bring him to Canada, I will kiss him on the lips. I will kiss him in places that I cannot be mentioned on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
0: oh man
2: i love the man fair enough (laughs) all
3: right sounds like we have a challenge now i need to get grant on the show
2: no literally bring him i will travel wherever (laughs) you guys get him i'm already trying
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna i've been i've been trying for about a week now so i just for you know i've been trying to figure it out
3: my hero sounds like we need to set him up for october
2: October 7th is my birthday. Yes, that's why you I guys don't give me Morrison, I quit. I quit. <laughs> oh, man. Hell, yeah. I love these guys too much to quit.
4: He wants Morrison to take him to Alpha Centauri.
2: <laughs> oh, I want him to take me to the CN Tower and show me what it's like up there. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of This Month in History, uh, brought to you by yours truly, Tap. And with me tonight, I have Red and Rusty. How is it hey going, you. gentlemen?
3: It's going well. Just sitting here bagging boards.
4: Yeah, I know that feeling all too
1: well. So uh, I just buy them bagged. And uh, This is
3: cheaper. And, an, and, I, and I'm actually, I, I got a thousand of them that I'm trying to back <laughs> right now. I have 300. I don't have that many. But. Good
4: luck. So uh, I was going back and I was looking I I'm like, okay, so what significant things have happened in the month of July uh, related to comics in some way, shape, or form? And the first thing is uh, July 7th, 1802.
3: 1802. Correct. No the Platinum age of comics.
4: The Wasp, considered to be the very first comic book, was published. Um, the Wasp uh, was a uh, political book, I guess you could say, uh, that was created um, by Robert Rusty Coat. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> but wow. Robert Rusty Coat is his pen name. Uh, his real name was Harry Croswell. Oh,
3: they're gonna say his name was Red.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, but at the age You're of, like wait a
1: minute,
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: At the age of 22, uh, he was a supporter of the Federalist Party of John Adams, hmm. who was still serving as the second president of the USA. Uh, so anyways, they supported such newspapers as The Balance, The Columbian Repository, which Croswell originally began his career writing for. Um, after a while, Thomas Jefferson, um, started his own paper called The Bee to counteract the bias of The Balance. Well, Croswell got pissed off, basically, alright? So he convinced the editor of The Balance to allow him to start a small paper that's going to launch stinging attacks against the bee, hence the name The Wasp.
3: Mm.
4: And they use satirical... Is that how you say it? Satirical? Satirical? Satirical. Satirical. Satirical Satirical. illustrations uh, to get their point across. So it is now considered to be the first comic... Although, admittedly, in a very different form from contemporary comics such as Sin City or The Watchmen, so it's not comic books in the world that you would think today, but it used it used it used illustrations to get their point across and was printed in a magazine newspaper type form, and so many do consider it to be the very first comic book.
1: I want to know how people figured this out like who is they just like someone remember it someone find a comic strip or yeah what. I, I have no idea I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, to not, say.
4: I'm not that smart i don't know <laughs>
1: i mean but then again
3: it could be something that's in the uh uh what do you call it in the library, uh, of, congress? library of congress or in the uh national archives with the constitution and all that good stuff Because they have, because they like I said, as we know, you know they have the Superman there, Mad magazines, they have old newspapers. It might be sitting there. Who knows?
4: That's true. Very true. All right, so a couple more here for you guys. In May, nineteen thirty-four. Famous Funnies number one, which was dated for July. That's why it works well in this one because it was actually had a July date on it. I was just gonna say. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it had a July date on it. Went on sale. Um, it ran for 218 issues over the course of 21 years, and mm. it was actually the first ever monthly comic book, and sold for 10 cents a piece.
0: Ooh-hoo. How much
4: is that worth now? Probably a lot. Yeah. So, uh, where'd the other one go? This one I thought was kind of interesting, too. Um, Oh, here we go. July 27th, 1964, fan Bernie Bubness put together a Monday afternoon event in New York City that has been acknowledged as the first comic convention. And by 1966, so two years later, there was a two-day July event that followed much of the same format as today's comic conventions. So thank you fan Bernie Bubness for all the awesomeness that has transpired since. Yeah. Yeah. it's pretty cool it is now here's an awesome one this one is probably one of my favorites july 1966 the first black superhero in american comic books is marvel's black panther Mm -hmm. an african who first appeared in fantastic four number 52 that happened in july of 1966
1: that's cool, dude. Is that cool. issue is going up in price so fast. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yes, it's like up in the six hundred dollar mark now. Almost. And I mean,
4: even the world that we lived in, and you know, at that time was was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for to have like a black superhero. I mean, that says a lot about you know Kirby and and the Marvel crew. So impressive stuff. Um, yeah. Oh man, there's just a bunch of fun ones here. I'm finding a bunch of fun ones for July. Check this I'm out. Waiting,
3: I'm waiting I'm waiting for you to hit my favorite July issue.
4: Okay, well, July 1990. Spider-Man number 1 by Todd McFarlane Ooh, set buddy. the mm-hmm. highest recorded paid circulation for a comic book to that point. The first printing had over 2.35 million sales. When all the editions were added, the total paid circulation was approximately 2.65 million. And how much did that issue go for at that time? Probably a dollar. I think it was dollar 25. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was like 2 bucks. No, it wouldn't have been that high yet. No, no. Uh, July 1991, X-Men number 1 by Chris Claremont, Jim Lee, and Scott Williams beat the paid circulation record set by X-Force 1. Because if you remember in June of 91, Fabian and Rob, remember how we discussed that because they threw in the card last month? Yep. They the, So the marketing gimmick? All right. Well, the following month, Chris Claremont, Jim Lee, and Scott Williams beat that record. Um and they released the issue in five editions with variant covers. Estimated paid circulation was seven point five million. Oh, is that all? Yeah. July fourth, nineteen ninety two, Marvel announced it would acquire the Fleer Corporation for two hundred and sixty-five million. Which, if you guys collected Marvel cards, you would know that the top of, like, the creme de la creme of the Marvel cards was the Fleer ones. They had the Mm -hmm. most amazing artwork. It was incredible. Mm -hmm.
3: They had the coolest cards, man. And those were typically the ones that you always found free inside of uh, the little
1: plastic bags inside of comics back in those days. Mm -hmm. I have a few comics with cards still attached. Same here. Uh, July
4: 1996, Diamond bought Capital City. Making Diamond the last remaining major distributor for comic books to direct market shops. So that's when everything got monopolized. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, my favorite fact about July. Back on a nice summer summer morning, July 10th, 1982, your host TAP was brought into this world.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
4: So that's my favorite July fun fact. But yeah, there so cool. there you guys have it. Some, some interesting tidbits. I thought I was only going to have a couple for you, but as we were talking and I was scrolling, I, I discovered a lot more.
3: Well, I have one that i got to throw out there. My right. favorite July issue ever, July of uh, 1976. And you probably have all seen the cover. It's Superman Salutes the Bicentennial. Uh, yep, yeah.
1: is it the giant size issue? You
3: think? Yeah, it's a giant size issue, and on the front, think of Captain America's triangular shield, and in front of the shield, you have Superman with his arm up holding a an American bald eagle.
4: Yep, I remember that.
3: Yes, and on the back of the cover, I'll never forget. It has a list of every president from di- uh, by that date, from George Washington all the way to Ford. Hmm, and I actually still have my copy.
4: Is it worth anything? I don't
3: think so. I doubt it, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. And mine is beat up. Mine, mine is really, really beat up. We're talking F. I mean, I mean, as a kid, I loved that cover. I loved that comic. It was just like, it was always in my room on display. Nice.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we all had those covers. Okay, Rusty, let's end this real quick. So we know Red's favorite cover. What was your favorite cover as a child? Not now,
1: but as a child. (laughs) That's hard because I really didn't read comics too much as a child. But some of the ones that I do remember seeing, because I remember I always wanted to buy them, was um, the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I was a you know I was a big video game fan, but Sonic the Hedgehog comics. I remember seeing those on the shelves and just the random gas stations and stuff, mm-hmm. and just being like, Man. and then occasionally I'd get bought one or something, but it didn't really happen that much. That in like uh, Atlas and Hercules covers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Mine, I don't remember
4: the exact issue numbers. It's been years, but and it's real simple too. But it was Ghost Rider. And it was an all black cover. But it wasn't. I know just, what But about it wasn't what was like solid black. Like there was still design to it. Like it was almost like raised up off of the. Like, It was a cardboard. It was like a thick mm. paper type mm-hmm. cover. Um, it wasn't like a flimsy one. It was like a cardstock. It was like a cardstock like card cover. And it had. Uh, it was almost like raised up off of the. Off of it, where there's like the outline of the Ghost Rider and the writing that says Ghost Rider and stuff, but it was all black. And I actually saw it again on eBay today, and a lot that I was looking at, and I was half tempted to buy it just for that very reason. But that was my favorite cover. I just thought that was so cool because I'd never seen anything like it.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I, speaking of black covers, I think one of the coolest ones though, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-six, that black cover. It was just like. I don't know yeah, if I, I've seen I, that one. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! That one—it was just like just all black and in white lettering. It says "The Amazing Spider-Man" and it was issue mm-hmm. number thirty-six. And it was a tribute to nine-one-one, and it was just emotional. It was like, oh my god, wow! And it's a, it's a price—it's a pricey issue.
1: True that. I'd say um, well, I'd say one more, uh, one more that I guess I just remember seeing was um, freaking what Spawn issue was it? It's the one where. Um, I think it's 10 or something, but it's the one where it's, like, half the spawn symbol and then half something else on the cover.
3: Oh. I don't remember if it's
1: 10 or 12. You own the issue, Red. I do. I know. I do have it. I do
3: have it. I'm just, I can't think of the number.
1: It's like, but you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, it's the spawn symbol on one side and then it's the other. I forgot what the other symbol is. I think it's Violator, but. Oh, I know which
4: one you're talking about.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just remember seeing that on a shelf when I was a little kid and being like, uh and then the Spawn movie came out. And I was like, whoa!
3: <laughs> yeah, that's going to bug me. I'm going to flip through my comments just to remember which one it was.
4: <laughs> well, folks, there you have it. This month in history has come to an end. Be sure to tune in next month for more exciting uh, facts in the month of August. Who knows what's going to come up or what we'll discuss. Till then... The power is yours.
3: All right, everyone. It's that time for Red's weekly releases. The public releases for July 20th, 2016. And today I've got a special guest with us. I have Rusty and I have Tap. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Howdy. And we're going to do it a little differently. Everybody's going to go buy some of their favorite stuff. So Tap's going to lead us off with some DC. And, of course, Rusty's going to go into Marvel, and I'll cover the Independence today. So that being said, Tap, why don't you take it away? What do we got coming out next week? All right, Red, we have... Action Comics number 958, second printing
4: variant cover. Adventures of Supergirl number 6, American Vampire volume 8, trade paperback. Aquaman number one, second printing variant edition. Aquaman number three, there's two different covers for that one. Astro City number 37, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth number one, there are two different covers for that. Batgirl volume two, To the Death trade paperback. Batman number three, two different covers for that one as well. Cover B being by Tim Sales, so if you're a Batman fan, I'd pick that one up. Clean Room number 10. Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number one of eight. Jai Lee Variant Cover, Jai Lee Gold Signature Edition. Uh, There's going to be two of those, actually, that are going to be happening. Uh, Detective Comics, number 935, Variant Cover, second printing. Doom Patrol, volume two, trade paperback. Flash, number one, second printing, Variant Cover. Green Arrow number three, there's going to be two alternate covers, the second one being by Mr. Neil Adams. Green Arrow, the Kevin Smith trade paperback. Green Lanterns number three, there's going to be two different covers for that one as well. Something I'm extremely excited about, Hellblazer, Rebirth, number one, there will be two separate covers, and Justice Gods Among Us year five, number 14. And Justice, Gods Among Us, Year 4, Volume 1, Trade Paperback. Justice League, number one. There will be two covers for that one as well, just like all the Rebirths. Legends of Tomorrow, number five. Ooh, that one's pricey, $7.99. Lucifer, number eight. New Suicide Squad, number 22. Scooby Apocalypse. There's going to be two separate covers for that one. Superman number three. Once again, there will be two covers. Superman Action Comics volume seven, Under the Skin trade paperback. Superman Action Comics volume eight, Truth hardcover. And last but not least, Wonder Woman number one, Liam Sharp second printing variant cover. So that is what we have for DC, ladies and gentlemen. Rusty, what do you have for Marvel?
1: Okay, so... The Big Marvel. What we got coming out? We got A-Force, number seven, which is pretty good to read. We also have all-new Inhumans, number nine, which I have not a clue about, but I'm hoping I hear Inhumans all right. All-new Wolverine, number 10, our favorite, uh, Laura. Uh, Ant-Man, number 10, with a Death of X variant cover. So if you're curious about that, that's going to be a little bit involved in this. Uh, also we have Black Panther number one third printing variant. They went all the way into a third printing now for Black Panther. Crazy. Uh, Black Widow number one's getting a third printing variant. Black Widow number two is getting a second printing. And Black Widow number three is getting a second printing also. Crazy time for Black Widow. And also the new issue, Black Widow number five. So after that we have Civil War 2 getting a second printing. Man, Marvel is killing it with these printings. Contest of Champions number 10 comes out. Also, we get Darth Vader 23, and it is almost at the end of its run. Or is it the end of its run? All right. After that, we have Guardians of Infinity number eight, the newest one coming out. We also have, and this is for tap right here, Moon Knight number one is getting its third printing variant cover. Moon Knight two is getting its third printing variant cover. And Moon Knight 3 is getting a second printing variant cover. Moon Knight is on a roll right now. After that, we have Nighthawk, which is coming out with two covers. Then we have Nova number 9. And I know some people have been waiting for that. After that, we have Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat number 8. And we also have another Death of X variant cover, Spider-Man number 6. After that, we have the regular cover, and we also have, for all you Joe Kelly fans out there, Spider-Man Deadpool number seven. With that, we are coming on three different covers for Squadron Supreme number nine, which I haven't read, but, you know, I'm a Hyperion fan, and I've been trying to get y'all to convince y'all to buy it. I mean, hopefully it'll happen. Uh, After that, we have Star Wars 21 with three different covers. Star Wars, Obi-Wan, and Anakin trade paperback is coming out. We have the second printing for Poe Dameron, number three. And one of my favorites, Thunderbolts, number three, will be coming out with John Malin and Jim Zub. St- stay tuned for the Jim Zub uh, interview. Also, we have Unbeatable, Squirrel Girl, and the Great Lake Avengers trade paperback. And, you know, I just wanted to mention that because... Squirrel Girl kicks butts, okay? And she eats nuts. And so after that, we have Ultimates number nine. And then finally, we have one of my faves that I've been looking forward to, Uncanny X-Men number 10, with a Death of X variant cover by our friend Colin Bunn. And that's going to wrap up Marvel for today. So, Red, what do you have for us?
3: All right. Well, of course, I'm going to bring you some of the image titles that we have coming out uh, the next Wednesday. First up on the list, we have Xend number five. That's also going to be covered with covers A and B. So you have two variants of being offered for that one. And we'll have Black Road, issue number four, available to us. Chew issue number 56. You're going to also be seeing Hunt, number one. And... One I'm really looking forward to, I Hate Fairyland, issue number 7, with covers A and that explicit cover B. That will be offered to uh, everybody. And don't forget, if you like Scotty Young and I Hate Fairyland, don't forget to check out our podcast with Scotty Young. All right, and we also going to be seeing Island, number 9, Lazarus, number 23, Manifest Destiny, number 21. We'll also be getting Prophet Earth War, issue number five. This is part five of six, so it's getting ready to wrap up. We'll be interested to see what's happened with that storyline. You'll have Rumble, issue number 12, covers A and B being offered for that as well. You'll have She-Wolf, issue number two. And we'll see Snot Girl, issue number one, with covers A and B. Don't forget, Snot Girl. we've talked about a little bit in the past, and it's also been featured in Image Plus. So if you're going to pick up one image title, that's going to be one of the ones you want to get as well, because that is going to be the hot issue that's going to sell out quick. The other thing going can be seen is Think Tank Creative Destruction, issue number four, covers A and B. And don't forget to check that out with our dear friend Matt Hawkins, and he'll also... Have some, what have we got, guys? we got, what, three, four different times he's been on the podcast? So check yeah, out he comes on a lot. He does. So check out those podcasts with him. You'll love his work. If you haven't started this series already, get it. Get them now. Get issue number four. And don't forget to ask your retailer to pick up issues one, two, and three for you. They're still available. But we'll also be getting Velvet, issue number 15, set. Uh, let's see. Where was that? And Wolf, issue number nine, to wrap it all up. And that brings us our weekly releases for next Wednesday, July twentieth, two thousand sixteen. All right, thanks, guys. It was fun tonight.
4: Good stuff. Yeah, that was a good time. Thanks for uh, letting us jump on
3: with you. All right, so get to those pull boxes, guys. Time to clear
0: off the dog pile. We've come to the end of another show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Four Guys in Comic Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Have an awesome comic-related tattoo. Drop us a line and share your art, Facebook, keyword 4Guys in a comic, or tweet us at the number 4Guys in a comic. You can check out our photos on Instagram and also on our website, 4GuysInacomic.com. When suffering through the dog days of summer, remember, some days you're the hydrant, some days you're the dog. Take care.